evening, everybody. Hope everyone can hear me okay. Always working with that audio setup, trying to get it better. Welcome to another episode of the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. No matter what's been going on in your day, no matter what's been going on in your week, no matter what was going on in the week or two where I wasn't doing the show, I hope that you and yours are well, and I hope that you are getting the chance to unwind, maybe drink some wine, and uh, feel fine. Everybody needs to feel good, you know? Everybody deserves to feel good, no matter how bad things get. And things are, uh, <laughs> I mean, things are probably pretty bad right now. I mean, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, they're not super great, okay? Peter's drinking a rum, some grapefruit juice, and ice. That's what I like to hear. The perfect Tuesday night drink. And speaking of drinks, if you're in Iowa or many other states across this, the greatest, quote unquote, greatest nation in the world, the next time you go to a restaurant or the next time you go to a bar, there's a chance that your drink may be served to you by a minor, by a 16 or 17 year old kid. And no, I'm not making that up. That's seeming to be the new standard. Today, More Perfect Union reported that the Iowa Senate passed a child labor law around 4.52 a.m. in the morning. The bill lets 14-year-olds work six-hour night shifts 15-year-olds work on assembly lines, and 16- and 17-year-olds serve alcohol. So that rum with the grapefruit juice and the ice that you like sipping on could be coming to you from a 16- or 17-year-old. And the bill now moves to the Iowa House, where I assume it must be also approved in the House in order for it to pass. And More Perfect Union is also reporting that their investigation uncovered that this bill, which began in the office of the governor, Kim Reynolds, was written by top corporate lobbyists led by the Restaurant Association. And if you think this Iowa bill is, you know, a one-off, like, look, we got 50 states. We can't get it right in every state. Am I right? One of us has to fuck up every now and again. It just is what it is, right? But no, it's not just Iowa. This is a shift that's been happening nationally. According to reporting out of USA Today, in the past two years, lawmakers in at least 11 states have sought to loosen child labor laws to help employers fill empty jobs, 
even as federal officials and news investigations suggest that many miners working in manufacturing, meatpacking, and construction jobs are being exploited or hurt. So I wanted to have an episode today to talk about, one, what the fuck's going on with child labor laws? You know, that shit that, like, we apparently got rid of, you know, the the child labor protection laws that we passed apparently in, like, I don't even know if the 19... Whenever it was still old-timey enough for that film to be in black and white, okay? That's how old our child labor protection laws are. Yet here we are rolling them back. And it's a very recent phenomenon, too. It's not just the states passing these laws in the last two years. Just to give you an example of how fucking out of whack things are, um, there's been a huge percentage increase in both the amount of child labor law violations that we've been seeing across the United States and in the loosening of child labor law standards. Within the past, last year, okay, and this is again, this is reporting out of USA Today, but last year, there were 835 child labor violation cases involving 3,876 children. And the number of minors illegally employed in fiscal year or fiscal year 2022 was 37% higher than in fiscal year 2021 and 283% higher than in fiscal year 2015. So this is an upward trend. We're up 37% from 2021 and the amount of, these are just the violations that we're finding. These are the number of children that are actually being employed. These are the child labor violations that we're, we're uncovering. 37% increase from last year or between 2022 and 2021. And, a two, and that is a 283% increase from fiscal year 2015. So what the fuck's going on? Well, let's, let, let's describe what's happening a little bit for you, okay? Because this is, you, you probably already know what I'm going to say by the end of this. You probably know, look, if you've been listening to the show for a little bit, you know this is going to have something to do with capitalism. But it's a little, it's a little more complicated, not complicated, but there's, it's important to understand why the system that we live in leads to these sorts of outcomes without having a check on that system. Why these sorts of developments, like children working in factories and the rolling back of child labor laws, why does this why can we expect this to happen in a capitalist system, in our capitalist system in particular? Well, let's read on. So the unemployment rate currently, this is back to the USA Today article sits at 3.5%, which is a level last reached in 1969, and businesses of all types, from factories to restaurants to retail stores, are struggling to find workers. Some state legislatures, mostly Republicans, see teenagers as a partial solution. 
They also argue that relaxing the rules, and those are the child labor law rules, will prompt more teens to seek out, quote, valuable work experience and make it easier for them to, suppl to supplement their families' incomes. But critics say the bills, backed by business groups, are an attempt to roll back critical child labor protections that are nearly a century old. Do you remember the images, this is a quote now, do you remember the images of children in manufacturing and other dangerous work situations from the early 1900s? Connie Ryan, executive director of the Interfaith Alliance of Iowa, asked lawmakers during hearing on the bill, there is a reason our society said that it is not appropriate for children to work in those conditions. And as I mentioned, the legislation in Iowa would allow children as young as 14 to work in meat coolers and industrial laundries. In Ohio, Republican state senators last month approved a bill that would allow 14 and 15 year olds to work until 9 p.m. during the school year. And in Minnesota, a proposal would allow 16 and 17 year olds to work on construction sites, which I think have over, what is it, like 9,000 deaths per year on construction sites? I'm going to post a link to some of the articles here so people can follow along if they'd like to, just because, you know, I see people asking for them in the chat. I won't read over this whole thing, but know that there's a couple things I want to focus on here. One, some of the framing of how people who are proponents of this law or proponents of allowing children to work, uh, some of the ways that they frame the issue and why they frame it that way. Because when I was reading this article in particular, and when I hear people supporting these laws, they talk very much about valuable work experience, okay? I'm going to give you valuable work experience. You're going to get valuable work experience. The first question should be valuable to who? Because if we're talking about children, isn't the, their education pretty valuable? Isn't setting up our society to have a future pretty valuable? More Perfect Union has a great video on these child labor laws and talks about how all research that they know of shows that once you hit about 20 hours of work, during a week, and this is just the hours. This isn't talking about the kind of grueling jobs that they're trying to open up for, for kids to work now, right? These meat packing factories and all these really dangerous uh, jobs that are much more draining, that are exposing people to chemicals, uh, like cleaning chemicals and the like. These are just like no just jobs, just normal jobs. If you get 20 hours a week of just like any job while you're in school, it starts to have a detrimental effect on your grades, on your well-being, and thus your future. So when we're talking about valuable work experience, and we're talking about laws that want to make it okay for kids to work until 9 p.m., the only person, the only entity that that work experience is valuable for is the capitalist that's now exploiting that child's labor. 
That's why it's valuable. It's not valuable to the fucking kid at that point. It's just not. This isn't some kind of like summer job where you're learning the ropes of like how to work a cash register for the first time or yada, yada, yada. No, you're in a meatpacking plant cleaning off buzz saws or you're serving alcohol as a 16-year-old. And, and let me get into some of the examples, okay? One major case, and this is, again, this is reporting from the USA Today article, but I promise you a lot more articles, and we're going to get into the little bits before I just start ranting, okay? But this is, again, from the USA Today article. I should give the author the, the attribution here. Let me just make sure. Stephen Elliott or Stephen Elliott, Stateline. This is an article from April 18th, 2023 in USA Today. But here's one of the cases, okay? This is the valuable work experience that these motherfuckers are trying to pitch to you, all right? Um, one major case concluded in February when Packers Sanitation Services, Inc., one of the nation's largest cleaning services for meat packing plants paid $1.5 million in civil penalties after the Department of Labor found that it had employed at least 102 children in hazardous jobs in eight states, including Arkansas, Minnesota, and Tennessee. Agency investigators found that the company had children 13 to 17 years old, working overnight shifts, performing such jobs as using caustic chemicals to clean razor-sharp saws. Wow. Overnight shifts for a fucking 13-year-old who has to get up and go to school the next day? And during that overnight shift, when they're deprived of sleep, when kids already need more sleep than adults, right? All the studies show that kids need, like, the sleep needs uh, decrease as they get older, but kids need like 10 or nine hours of sleep a night. And they're working fucking overnight shifts, tired as fuck, cleaning off razor sharp saws. That's valuable work experience. That's the shit they're trying to pitch to you. These fucking ghouls in state Senate houses and these lobbying groups and these restaurant lobbying groups, all of this shit. That's what they're trying to pitch. Another article from NPR talks about child labor violations are on the rise as some states look to loosen their rules. And this is something that I really want to emphasize here, people, is this is like a double, you're getting double fucked here, all right? This is a double penetration of like labor violations. Because not only are the child labor laws, the violations that we're seeing are already on the rise, so the problem is getting worse. But while the problem is getting worse, the fucking states are trying to lessen the penalties. They're trying to make it easier to get away with the shit. Could you imagine, like, the fucking shitstorm that Republican politicians or any fucking politicians would throw if crime was on the rise, crime was going up, violent crime was going up, and they wanted to make the penalties and uh, uh, decriminalize 
certain activities that were previously crimes. That's what they're fucking doing with this. That would be like murder rates are getting higher than they've ever been. Murder rates increasing by, what was it? 283% since fiscal year 2015. And all the legislature going, hey, uh, I think we're going to decriminalize some types of murder. Because, you know, it's not all bad. That's what's going on with child labor violations. So that's, it's not just that we're seeing more and more violations. The laws are getting fucking, they're making it easier to have labor violations. It makes no fucking sense. No fucking sense. Here's this article from, from Caitlin, I think it's Raddy. Uh, it's R-A-D-D-E. I'll post the link in the chat for people who would like to read some more. But this is the another article uh, from Caitlin Raddy. I hope it's Caitlin Rad because that would be pretty cool. <laughs> It'd be pretty rad. But Caitlin Rad talks about this. Um, this is she notes that child labor violations have been on the rise since 2015 after declining for years. And this is according to data from the U.S. Labor Department's Wage and Hour Division. And the total number of violations is much lower than it was two decades ago. Two decades ago, but experts are still troubled. Uh, in 2015, again, the low point in the data, the Wage and Hour Division found 1,012 minors employed in violation of child labor laws with an average of 1.9 per case. In 2022, that number more than tripled to 3,876, averaging 4.6 per case. And again, these are just violations that have been caught and reported, which is, you know, it's like any of these other fucking statistics for crime rates or anything, right? Like what you catch with the data does not account for the true scope of the problem. There are all kinds of child labor violations that we're not catching, that are not being reported. And they too would seem to be on the rise. Child labor negatively affects the education and health of children who engage in it, experts say. Employers are responsible for ensuring a safe workplace that complies with child labor laws. Part of the division's focus is on prevention, educating teens about their rights and employers about their responsibilities and strategies to ensure compliance. The division also has a range of enforcement, blah, 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 a range of enforcement mechanisms, yada, yada, yada. But like, just listen to some of this shit. Okay, first of all, back to that Packer Sanitation Service violation. Remember the one where they employed 102 children? Some who were as young as 13. Other sources report that they were some as young as 12. Or as young as 13. Uh, working overnight shifts. Remember that? The Packers Sanitation Services. Remember that their fee was only $1.5 million. Which is not a lot. And honestly, if you're a company that's making more money from employing child laborers, then you pay that fee every time. It just makes sense. 
But from this other article, last year, or last summer, uh, Rudders revealed that children as young as 12, many of whom were migrants, were hired to work in a metal shop owned by Hyundai. These cases represent common types of hazardous occupation violations found by investigators, namely cleaning or operating dangerous machinery. Gotta take a sip. The U.S. generally has good child labor laws, except for agriculture, says Reed Mackey, Director of Child Labor Advocacy for the National Consumers League and coordinator of the Child Labor Coalition, which works to end abusive child labor. Miners as young as 12 can work long hours, and agriculture's hazardous occupation orders aren't as strict as in non-agricultural industries. talks about and look one one thing to to bring up the new york times has a great expose on this but uh you know one thing that shouldn't be lost here is that do i say i'll say it capitalism is really good at exploiting the most exploitable classes and the most vulnerable people a lot of the workers, a lot of these children workers that have been found are migrants who were unaccompanied by their parents. That's what the New York Times article revealed, is that a lot of these people who end up being child laborers are not in school. They're working on construction sites, and they're migrants who have literally no one, uh, their parents aren't here. I mean, that's like, that's pretty fucking low, right? And if you think that there are these safety, you know, a lot of these articles talk about, oh, they're trying to make sure it's going to be safe. There's safety regulations in place. They're really not, okay? They're only, they're only going to make it as safe as they have to in order to get away with passing the child labor or, or rolling back the child labor restrictions. That's the game. Because the point is to make money, it's not to make the children safe. And if you don't believe me, here's an example. That Iowa bill that we talked about in the beginning, that fucking Iowa bill, which allows 16 and 17-year-olds to serve alcohol, which allows 14-year-olds to work six-hour night shifts, and 15-year-olds to work on assembly lines, the first draft of that bill included a liability waiver for employers for if the kids got hurt on the job. What does that mean? It meant that the first version of this bill contained a provision that says that the kids or their families could not sue the employer if they were hurt on the job. So that 15-year-old working on that fucking assembly line would not, and, and gets his hand caught in some belt, a conveyor belt, and then gets it ripped off or some shit? Yeah, that that 15-year-old wouldn't be able to sue the employer. That was the first version of this bill. Again, all these, any talk you're hearing about people trying to, oh, we're going to make sure it's nice and safe for these kids to work. Just know that the original version of the bill that they tried to put across did not give a fuck about kids. So these people do not have their interest in mind. They do not work for you. They work for the companies that are lobbying them, the restaurant association, the uh, 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 God, I have the whole list here. I have a list of them here. 
We'll get to that. So these labor laws. Okay, okay. You know what? Maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe there is an argument that 13-year-olds should be able to work until 9 p.m. to help their families, to relieve some of the economic stress, even though what we should have are just fucking social safety nets to where they don't have that economic stress in the first place, right? That's what we fucking should have. But, you know, what if they need the help? Like, maybe I'm being a little too harsh. I'm being a bad guy. And and look, the Iowa law does have some restrictions against certain types of jobs and dangerous work that the kids wouldn't be allowed to do. Unless, of course, here, here here's what's crazy about this Iowa law, too, right? This is, again, how you know they don't have the kids' best interests in heart. They don't give a fuck about these kids. Fuck these kids. This is literally fuck them kids. Okay? So the Iowa law does have some restrictions against certain types of jobs and dangerous work that kids wouldn't be allowed to do. But there's a fucking exception built into the law. And the exception is this. Those restrictions can be bypassed as long as the Iowa Workforce Development or the head of the Iowa Workforce Development and the head of the State Department of Education make an exception to any of the prohibited jobs for teens ages 14 to 17. And those exceptions would have to apply to those kids, quote, participating in work-based learning or a school or employer-administered work-related program. So, ooh, that's, that's interesting, right? You can lift the fucking safety restrictions on a job as long as the head of the Department of Education, the state's Department of, of Education, and the head of the Iowa Workforce Development say that you don't need the safety restriction for the kid. Gee, I wonder how the head of the State Department of Education and the Iowa Workforce Development are chosen. It's, I haven't looked at this. I haven't been able to find this yet. But when you're talking about the head of a state organization, typically that's not an elected position. Typically that's an appointed position. And if you have a motherfucking Senate and House and a governor who are all down to let 14 to 17-year-olds work, do you think their Department of Education head is going to go against that? No, bitch. That motherfucker's on board. So the exception isn't even a real exception here. That's what's fucking... Like, these motherfuckers are trying to fuck you. Just, I just want to be very, very clear about that. They're trying... They're passing laws based on the lobbying of, of, of corporate assholes to literally exploit labor of children. Because apparently exploiting your labor is not enough. So why are the laws really rolling back? Well, I have one little clip here, which I'll see if I can bring it up on YouTube. But really, it's 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 not even it's not even necessary to bring it up on YouTube because look, 
the fucking Biden administration, which we all know is not the most pro-labor force in the world, is not the most pro-labor force in the world, but their former U.S. Labor, uh, Labor Secretary, Marty Walsh, says that, well, the rollback of child labor laws is on the rise because of corporate greed. Duh. But to hear someone in the Biden administration, the Biden Department Secretary of Labor say this, should show you how, like, fucked the problem really is. That even he had to admit it. Now, he stepped down to go work for the NHL Players Union, I believe, or the Players Association, so he's going to be doing some hockey shit. So he's out, right? Marty Walsh is gone. But if he's admitting it, uh, that's a big deal. And you know what? Maybe I will find that clip because this is this also happened on CNN. And if this is happening on CNN with Biden's labor secretary, like, you know, shit's bad. Let's see if this will come up. Ooh, there's an ad about uh, Jennifer Lopez's new album. We should probably check that out first. <laughs> OK, here we go. U.S. Labor Secretary says corporate greed is responsible for a worldwide increase in child labor. A new report from the Labor Department says that for the first time in decades, the problem is getting worse. The pandemic has forced schools to close. And of course, many parents have lost their jobs. Yet, Marty Walsh told me it's companies who deserve much of the blame. Quite honestly, in a lot of ways, it comes down to, in my opinion, greed, corporate greed, uh, by taking advantage of these young people. Uh, this is, this is har- a horrible situation. Uh, And and we have a lot of work to do in this area. It's not only in the developing world, is it? Because there are many, I mean, we know from the CNN Freedom Project, there are many examples in the developed world, the the advanced economies, including, of course, uh, the EU and the United States. Yeah, I know it is. And that's where I think the the corporate greed comes into play. I mean, the fact that we have uh, little kids that should be in school, getting educated, getting an opportunity to, 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 to be able to fulfill their life, all their dreams, and, and to see a report like this. I mean, obviously in my last role as, as, as mayor of Boston, uh, we didn't have a, a lot of conversations around child labor. There was a lot of laws and protections in, in, the, in the city of Boston, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. But uh, when, when, I, when I assumed this role as secretary of labor, it's one of the areas that, that I was really alarmed by and struck by. I had seen these reports before, but uh, now I have hopefully a, a real opportunity to, to make a significant difference around the country. Yesterday, we, we talked about the report. And the next step now is how do, how do, we, how do we go back, move, move this pendulum back the other way again? Corporate. So that was, again, Marty Walsh, former U.S. Labor Secretary, saying straight up it's corporate greed. And for someone who was the mayor of Boston, who I'm just going to assume has probably used the N-word in his life, (laughs) who is probably not the most liberal of libs out there or whatever, for him to admit it, that means something, okay? It's, oh my God, he admitted. And I told you, too, that there's a lot of lobbying behind these bills. There's always money behind it because there's money to be made. And the USA Today article states that the Economic Policy Institute, which is a, uh, it's like an independent, uh, they say they're nonpartisan think tank, 
But they note, the Economic Policy Institute notes that the backers of the state bills include national and state branches of the National Federation of Independent Businesses or Independent Business, the Chamber of Commerce, and the National Restaurant Association, as well as lodging and tourism associations, home builders, and Americans for Prosperity, a conservative political advocacy group, the Americans for Prosperity. Prosperity for who? You fucking ass dicks. You fucks. I, I just, I don't know. They're pieces of, like these fucking assholes, man. I swear, Americans for Prosperity. Aren't you prosperous enough, bitch? Haven't you done enough? As Lysol notes, a lot of these, well, the Americans for Prosperity, for example, same group pushing anti-trans bills. They really want to prosper. Man, these pieces of shit. So the Economic Policy Institute uh, published a report on these child labor laws, and, and, and I haven't read the actual report, but the reporting on the report seems like the report is pretty good. One quote from that report says, Attempts to weaken state-level child labor standards are part of a coordinated campaign backed by industry groups intent on eventually diluting federal standards that cover the whole country. So they're not stopping with the states, right? They're going as far as they can go. And I've talked a little bit about why are they doing this? Or how are they doing this? What are the factors leading to capitalism rearing its ugliest head and saying, no, uh, child labor is good, actually? Well, as some of you have noted in the chat so far, one of them is labor shortage. A lot of people stopped working during COVID, during the pandemic. They realized that shit wages for shit work were just not worth doing. And they weren't getting paid enough. And if we know anything about supply and demand, which we do, because we're kind of materialists up in here, right? We like to analyze things and look for actual explanations for problems instead of just pushing some kind of trans bill or something and trying to say that the reason we're where we're at is because some fucking group of minorities did something. But just look at supply and demand, right? A lot of workplaces right now are competing over finding laborers. And here's the funny thing. A lot of workplaces could find laborers in a labor shortage if they raised wages. Fuck you! Pay me, bitch! Fuck you! Pay me! A lot of workplaces could find laborers if they just raise their motherfucking wages. People will work for more money. But employers don't want to do that. They don't want to pay you more money. They want to make money so that they can buy a third yacht and then go off to some island and fuck kids. Right? If you're a capitalist, right, rolling back restrictions on child labor here makes a lot of sense for several reasons, right? First, you're not, you don't have to pay people more money. You're increasing the pool of eligible workers. 
you're increasing the supply side of workers by letting children enter the workforce, which tends to mean that you have more opportunities to fill your demand, your work slots. And this makes it more likely that you'll fill your demand slots. And it also makes it more likely that you'll fill those slots without having to raise wages. Because if you and every other capitalist employer is fighting over a smaller pool of workers, that workforce is more likely to work for whoever offers them the most pay and the best deal. And because capitalists don't actually want to compete here, they don't want to compete over workers by offering more money. They all want to coordinate with one another to keep labor costs as low as possible. Because remember, capitalists really make their money. Capitalism really makes its money by the differentiation between uh, or the exploitation of labor and the value of what they sell the product for, basically, right? That in-between is the profit. So the first reason why, again, if you're a capitalist, it makes sense to roll back restrictions on child labor laws is because it increases the pool of eligible workers. The supply side uh, gets, gets, increases the supply side of labor. So the second reason why they want children to enter the workforce is because it seems like a good opportunity to now have a supply of workers who you can actually pay less because in a lot of circumstances, minors, youth, children are exempt from minimum wage laws. For example, there's a, there's a youth minimum wage that's author, authorized under the uh, Fair Labor Standards Act as amended by the uh, 1996 amendment. And this law allows employers to pay employees under 20 years of age a lower wage for a limited period, 90 calendar days, not work days, after they are first employed. So any wage rate above $4.25 an hour, uh, that's, that's the wage that they could actually pay. A minimum wage of $4.25 an hour as opposed to, what is it, $7.50 now, $7.25? Something fucking ridiculous. But you can pay kids less, Okay. And what's crazy is if you look at some of the jobs that are pushing this the most, pushing the child labor, uh, some of the industries that are pushing uh, the, the rollback of child labor laws the most, what do you see? You see restaurant associations. You see people in services industries, people who want kids, 16 and 17 year olds, to be able to serve alcoholic beverages. Well, gee, why is that? Well, isn't there another exception to minimum wage laws here? Isn't that exception restaurant workers, waiters, waitresses, bar workers, who you can pay like $2 or like $3 an hour and they have to work for tips? It starts to make a lot more sense why these restaurant 
uh, restaurant uh, associations are pushing for child labor rollbacks. Because people definitely don't want to do those fucking jobs. Not right now. When they're only guaranteed something like $4 an hour. You see, like, it, it, it starts to make sense why they would want this to happen. So again, the first reason why they want to roll back child labor laws is increase the pool of eligible workers. And the second reason they want to do it is because the people that they could they could pay children less than they could pay adults. But really, all you really need to know about why capitalism wants to do away with child labor laws is the same reason capitalists want to do anything, which is money. They want to make more motherfucking money, baby. They need the cash. Daddy needs a new boat. Daddy needs a new motherfucking boat. I'm going. I'm going to the island, baby. That's what they want. They want, look, that's all it is. It's so stupid. It's so fucking dumb. It's like, when is enough enough, my dude? More more money? Here's a crazy thing, right? (laughs) Here's what always gets me about, like, this kind of shit. Is it's always money in the short term. It's always more in the short term. This... This doesn't do shit for us in the long term. Remember the Economic Policy Institute that issued the, the, the report on this? They're mentioned in the USA Today article. So in that report, they are arguing. This is the Economic Policy Institute. So again, I'm not too familiar with their leanings or anything, but they're arguing straight up that The decline in teenage employment is a positive development since it largely reflects the fact that more teenagers are staying in school. And of the 16 to 19 year olds who said they were not working in 2021, 58.1% said it was because they were in school, up 21 percentage points compared with 2001. And according to the Economic Policy Institute, kids being able to go to school, not being employed, contributes more to the economy in the long run. Why? Because they get to learn shit and then do it for a job later down the line and fill a more skilled position. And then they have more money because they're more in demand and then they could spend more and buy more shit. It's better for our economy to actually invest in our future. Who would have thought that? My God, it's a, oh my God. It's a revelation. And these will be the the last bits because I do want to get to some callers, but why should we care? Why should we care about these child labor laws being rolled back? Why should we care about what's going on? Well, I want to introduce you to someone who can really speak about this. It's not just a someone, it's a it's a a band, a really band, a band that's close to my heart, that should be close to all of yours. Um I want to introduce you 
again, this is why should we care about the rollback of child labor laws? I want I would like to introduce you to Randy Watson and sexual chocolate. This is why we should care. We are for the Reverend. This man's been my Reverend since I was a little boy, and I love him dearly. You're a very special man. Reverend Brown. Reverend Brown. It feels so lovely to be here tonight. What a beautiful lot. Give yourselves a round of applause. You're so lovely. Everyone's so lovely. And um, while you're in the clapping mood, I'd like to give a big round of applause to my band, Sexual Chocolate. Sexual Chocolate. They play so fine, don't you agree? I believe the children are our future. Thank you. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride. Make it easier. Some of the good stuff, right? Coming up. Enjoy, young man. I decided long ago never walk in any one shadow. If I fail, if I succeed, you can't take away my dignity. Because the greatest love of all inside of me. That was Randy Watson and Sexual Chocolate saying what I think all of us here believe, which is, I believe the children are our future. And as Derek says, just let your soul glow. Just let it shine through. But the kids will not be able to have that soul glow if they're dying in factories while cleaning them overnight while being 12 years old. And uh, for those of you that know, that is from uh, the clip I played is from one of the all-time classic Eddie Murphy films, uh, Coming to America, which is uh, uh, really a classic. One of my favorites. Okay. Well... I think I've ranted enough. I think I've said enough. Uh, I'd like to hear from you. And uh, let's keep this conversation going. So we're going to go ahead and uh, open up the calls for today. Uh, Jonathan, what's going on? Long time no talk. Welcome back to the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. I appreciate it. Of course, these guys want their boats. But I always... uh have a little eye twitch when I hear the words corruption and greed. And I think about the difference between the endemic and the systemic because oh, yes. corru- corruption and greed suggest that this system were staffed by different people. It would behave differently, but that's, I don't believe that. Correct. I don't either. Just to be very clear here. Uh, I don't think you could, you could go and you could take out every one of these CEOs and all these people and all these shareholders. They would be replaced the next day with just the same motherfuckers because it's a systemic issue. Right, it's, but if, it you re- is a, if you replace yeah. them with Buddhas that were colorblind, it would still behave the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It would revert back at least at some point right. it would revert back because the system, again, capitalism 
as the system is currently functioning or failing to function is about one thing and one thing only, which is profit. Profit, 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 profit. And maximizing the amount of profit. That's it. So, yeah. and, of course, they'll, it's going to be They'll inhuman. create demand where there is none. Right. Just to keep the wheels turning. But the systemic problem isn't corruption or greed. It's the fact that for the bottom half or more, the only way to get at the currency you need is by trading your time for money. That's that fact is what pits is what keeps the supply of labor large. Right. It's right. There's it's I know it sounds overly simple. It is overly simple, but there it is. It is. If you just make it, it not the case that the only way to live is by trading your time for money, this whole thing falls apart. And that doesn't mean that society falls apart. It just means that some people who create demand so that they can become wealthier uh, tend to do a little bit less of that. And yeah. uh, that's it. That's all you got to do. Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying that it's simple. It's, it's it's so simple. It's dumb and it hurts me how simple it is just to give stuff away. Housing and no. healthcare. And uh, I, I would just do that. I'm not trying to be greedy. Just those two things would like, yeah. alleviate the whole world. Well, and, and that's, you know, I, first of all, I agree with like everything you said, right. And, and you're correct. And I hope if, if people get nothing else from listening to these rants and listening to anyone talk about uh, systemic issues that we're having, I hope you really understand that these issues are systemic. They are not down to the individual greed of individual people because the system incentivizes that to happen and eventually leads to that outcome with everybody, right? It's, 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 it's better for us to look at these things for what they are, which are issues with the way that our current uh, economic system functions. And yeah, the and corrections have businesses to... They couldn't yeah. function any other way and, and still exist because they do depend on profit, like the digital entity that is that business depends on profit. Right. When you have a credit squeeze, where well, we had interest rate squeeze, and we had a credit squeeze, and then an interest rate squeeze, and we're going looking at another credit squeeze. Like you're like, oh, it's greed. It's like, no, they actually do have to do that, or they will die because it, yeah. it's they're competitive with each other in a way, but the the owners of them aren't really competing with each other. They're just trying to keep the whole machine turning. Right, right. I, I you know, when we talk about. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about a little bit here, and I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on this, Jonathan, is, is, you know, we talk, I feel like within the last couple of years, and especially more recently, especially in spaces like this, um, where a lot of people are listening a lot to uh, either political podcasts or they're, they're, they're sort of on this anti-capitalism kick or they're, they're, there's a lot of content that they're familiar with and a lot of books they're reading that kind of describe the problems of the system. I, I do think a lot of people are looking for solutions here, uh, myself included. But, you know, one, one, uh, one thing that I, I wrote down a list of stuff, and again, people, you can make fun of me here because 
I know I'm clueless on the solutions, but we, a lot of us are. And part of this exercise has to be coming up with shit to try. That's what we have to. Like, this, the system's not going to fix itself. It's just not. So, I mean, maybe I can run a couple of these by you, Jonathan, or if you have things that you're thinking of, I would love well, to hear I, that I as just well. Said, I just said him, but go ahead. You go first. Oh, no, go. You you go. I, 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 I know you talked about um, housing well, and imagine, healthcare. Uh, imagine a, and uh, four, using basically a graph with four corners on it, right? So you have monetary creation and monetary destruction, and you have fiscal creation, and you have fiscal destruction. All you need to do is fill out the graph. Right. Now, fiscal creation is universal basic services. That's housing, healthcare. And like I said, I'm not even trying to be greedy. I won't even ask for education. I, uh, I don't particularly like our Department of Education. I think everything past eighth grade was a bunch of propaganda anyway. But if you just did housing and healthcare, it'd be gigantic boon. So that's fiscal creation done. Fiscal destruction, easy. Replace all taxes with a wealth tax. Uh, monetary destruction, you're already done with that too. Because that's just all debt repayments for any reason, ever. If you repay a mortgage, that's monetary destruction. All you're left with then is monetary creation. And I think that uh, Jonathan Kay and I have achieved some consensus on this about how to make the treasury into like a public bank. You could call it a central bank, but you, it's sort of like a haggle. It devolves into a, a, discuss, a philosophical discussion about what a, a central bank really is or what money really is. But the point mm. is you have the first part of it work the same way. Congress passes laws, treasury writes checks, those checks conjure money into existence. You just skip the other part where they have to go to the Fed and get it at interest. That's completely unnecessary at best. And a really insidious sort of upward wealth mobilization machine at worst. Look, like I said, well, Jonathan, best, I could I could totally probably give a little psychological insight as to why that is. None of I mean, their people, stated goals. Uh, when you feel like everything is outside of your control, controlling you try to do the little bit of good or the little bit they, they of thing that you think nothing. is good so that you know is corners. within your control. There's your solution, right? Whether that's something like recycling or whether that's something like, hey, like, maybe you shouldn't be calling people Oriental. The left. It's not then this is a good idea. psychologically, it feels like you're doing something, but you don't have to face the big dread that the system is and drinking fucking you in your ass and who have kids uh, working forever. overnight. Right? They try to say, uh, you know what the problem is? It's not the material conditions of your existence. No, the problem is that you need to be more careful about how right. you I, I don't accept Oriental that. around. Or something yeah. like that. Well, well, well like, it, would you just fucking here, here's well, one thing I want to ask you first like you, is what are you with, trying with to the, You talk about uh, you know? something. Mon is it monetary destruction where you talked about uh, get rid of the taxes and then you just have the wealth tax only? Physical. I, I, I totally okay. agree. But the point, the idea that okay. I, I just okay. couldn't so accept the idea that there's this no would be solutions. fiscal like, destruction then with just the wealth tax. There are solutions, and they're they're. Widely agreed upon. So, so do we have any examples of any nations doing this? I'm just, I'm just curious to see if we, we have like data to see how we can either yeah. implement that or, or uh... fiscal destruction is when you pay your taxes. Monetary destruction is when you repay your loans. Right. Yeah. I know. Right. Right. I... Yeah. Fiscal destruction is you, you replace all taxes with a wealth right. tax.
I, I don't I don't that a lot of yeah countries would, are ruled by the wealthy. That's going to be a hard one to get through, but anything, that's. You know? I would like, like to see a try. I wish I would feel, you know, if Classic I'm in a position of power, was never taken I would feel a lot better Fox about will tell you that they don't like income tax implementing that if I had some do idea like of tax. like, but it's never been tried like, how it it's is never been tried in. I, I want to see it in reality, uh, just because there's always like externalities and shit. I mean, it seems to make a lot of sense, right? I'm, I'm not against the thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, right. here's what they're going to say. They're going to say that um they're going to say that a wealth tax will cause capital flight. But it it's not capital if it was going if if you weren't doing anything with it. If it's if it's in the form of wealth then that's what's being, you know what I mean? If it's, if it's not being deployed as income, if you're not paying it to somebody and if you're not investing it in machinery, investing it in workers, that's, that's capital. But if, if it's hmm. just like the land that they rent out, the stocks that they rent yeah. out monopoly pricing power, which is the access yeah. that they rent out, you know, the credit that they rent out. If it's all these things are rent with total dead weight loss, a stymieing of money velocity. And then when they say, oh, it's going to cause capital flight, you weren't doing anything with it anyway. Nothing has been lost. Your, your money's fleeing the country that you were just going to sit on. Nothing has been, you know what I mean? It, it was never really capital. The problem is you're, I'm trying to turn it into capital. This mm -hmm. is where the whole anti-capitalist rhetoric gets. A, right. So that also right. gives me the eye twitch. Because right. I'm like, you're accepting the neoliberal premise that there's no difference between wealth and capital. That's their trick, and you drank it. If you got a farm, and you turn it in, if I inherit a farm, which is just a piece of land on which a farm used to exist, that's wealth. It's not capital until it produces yeah. something, until the noun becomes a verb. I, I, I think and we're getting. That's what you want yeah. to untax is when yeah, you choose I, I, to. I do think that. we're definitely getting pretty. pretty out, if we're not already at techno feudalism, we're, asset appreciation we're go up damn close, or at least scarce, it's 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 damn near like indistinguishable. That's in the way different. that uh, not our society capital. functions. That's just wealth. Um, we don't have capitalism. We have wealthism or feudalism. Giannis's new book is going to be called techno feudalism, making very much these similar points. But that's why I want to do wealth tax. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Capitalism was just a phase in the yeah. larger arc yeah. of feudalism. Well, that's what you're talking about. There's so many industries within very close to where our system started. currently that are. Yourself, who takes a bigger bite? They don't do anything ass. to produce wealth. Your, they don't do anything to really generate wealth. They just extract it. It's pure sort of. Labor? Rent, or you know, the, the rent seeking behavior that we, we talk a lot about, banker, which, which creates nothing but just concentrates and wealth and all together, uh, creates ass. a bunch of middlemen between like the, the, uh, the labor and the profit being produced, and even the, the, the shit that you would be taking home as far as the wages for your labor, which are already by definition less than what your labor is worth. It become they become more worthless yeah. because of all that extraction that's happening in between by the banker and the fucking 
the the landlord and all of that shit. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, the the MMT people jump right from that money great creation loss is arbitrary money velocity. to money creation is without consequences. I'm like, whoa, whoa, slow down. You know, I yes, would like to talk arbitrary. about this more at some point, Jonathan. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's I, without you know, consequences, I, and you do have to do measures to yeah. mitigate. And that's like no, so but I think it's my, really my, important though, as far as construction theory, um, the solutions we want to concepts you can Google implement to actually solve velocity. the problems. Because it's funny because you know when when I was asking you about your solutions versus mine, Dead weight loss, all of my solutions velocity. Yeah. have nothing to do with the actual policy to put in place. Besides, yeah, of course, healthcare and housing, time, yeah, and has much more to do with show, but... we need to seize power. Yeah, we, we need to take power. We need to. First and foremost, we need to seize, we need to take control of whatever reigns need to be taken control of in order to be in a position to make this happen. And that means exercising, I mean, that can come in a lot of ways, right? It's not just like getting people into office or anything like that. That's one method. And frankly, uh, the success rate of that is not exactly phenomenal. But Correct. 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. Right. 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 And I, I, I but the strategy of taking the power, I, I, I this is, this is the, what I envision happening as uh, we kind of continue to it's like you, uh, part of taking find power each other having online as we continue to sort of all it. feel the effects of the society that's that we're under. I, that's what I'm You're going to have multiple like, coalitions of multiple like one groups day, and I have just which described all are doing what humans what do, do best, which is kind of like specializing and focusing on different things. And we need to find the way to coordinate those things in such a way that leads to a situation where those of us that are really focusing on the best ways to get and take power can then whenever that's obtained or to understand what needs to be implemented or anything, those are being worked on by already by other coalitions of people who themselves do not have to worry about uh, the strategy so much of how to take the power. Do you know what I mean? Like that, I feel like that is what we're going to see start to happen. Um, and it's just a matter of how do we, how do we stay in touch and figure like how do we how do we coordinate those efforts enough to funnel them into something that is, once power is taken or, uh, once y you get some kind of spark somewhere, uh, you're able to kind of develop that into something further, into something that actually implements change. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> when and, but, people get in power. They, they'll, they'll abruptly stop listening. 
And then there's always. And, and some I think that's part of it, but I think more so of what I'm talking about like is the revolution like wasn't revolutionary uh, enough, and they not like keep people going, going like too far or, or anything like that. But how do you? You know, like one thing I've been trying to do personally is I'm trying to get into the Department of Labor. There's always one more. I'm trying to get in there. You're not just so I can start tracking this shit down. You're not that kind of my full time job, and also so I can have the expertise in this area to where if there's a situation where someone's like, "Hey, we're doing X, Y, and Z with labor," I'll just know that shit cold because that's what I'm going to be doing all day every day. Is is that shit now? I don't know exactly where that fits with everything, but I know that when it comes to stuff like child labor laws and when it comes to stuff like um, pursuing uh, understanding where the flaws are in our laws or, or how to strengthen them or how to like fight back, I'll have a lot of experience doing that. Um Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if we if we can take anything from Marx, it's that the material conditions of your existence are before everything else. Like the the the, the thought, every thought in your head. Yeah, I think you're. But right. you have the 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 time, the privilege to even think about is determined by what you can afford. And so the only ratio that matters really is base mm. cost of living on one side and median labor hour on the other. So in, in, in the Department of Labor, you, you know, do something about that right. latter half. Right. But I think the bigger problem right now is the other side, the base cost right. of living. Right. right. It needs to be like pushed right. down. And then you can right. look at the yeah. median labor hour. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that those two things are more reasonable. Yeah, man. You always make me think. I, you know. You really always make me think. Working full time just to break yeah, even. It's good. And like no one wants to work anymore. It's like no one De likes to work yeah. for nothing. And, and, and thank you, Jonathan. And one, before you I'm, go, I'm dead weight you. loss. You're, and what was the other the other concept? Keep showing up to work for you. It's a pathway to nowhere. Oh, that's all. That's all I want. But I'll let the I'll let the next ones go. Uh, thank you, Bide, for a great show as always. Velo the money velocity or the velocity of money. How it just means how how often and how quickly different types of money change hands. Hmm. You know what I mean. So in income, for example. By definition, just changed hands. It went from one person to another. Right. That is high velocity money by definition. Yeah. You don't want to tax high velocity money. You want to tax low velocity money, stagnant, stale wealth, just sitting mm. there. Like they say, sit on it like Smog the Dragon mm. sitting on his hoard of gold and gems. God, how, how, how and do you just this? Well, pile it up, trying to big a pile that's big enough that they can survive the apocalypse yeah. as if money's going to be any good in the apocalypse. Which and that'll be the ironic part when it's not, and all they're hoarding is for nothing. But when it's hoarded, it's not turned into hmm. capital. It doesn't create jobs. It doesn't lower the price of goods and services. It raises them because they're renting access to it. 
That's the point. Is right. high velocity right. money good? Well, Low velocity money bad. Well, so it, it makes sense if you realize that the people else. with, I guess, the especially not FICO, uh, the, the sales, the dead weight and, wealth, and, and, or yeah, the dead, you know, the people who are sitting payroll and hoarding their wealth the one are the ones running the show. The same country, well, then of course they're going to tax everything else, but jobs, 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 themselves. So we have a tax that you know, is for employing people. We make it more expensive to employ people. That is so right, fucking stupid. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, like if you got reading suggestions and everything too, uh, DM them. I'll, I'll try to understand. So that's more like to the rent extraction principle. Aggressive poverty. That rent includes monopoly pricing power, interest on loans, and taxes are all forms of rent. It's the same logic. I'm, I'm allowing you to use what is mine for a fee. Progress and Poverty by Henry George, 1879. Progress and Poverty. It's, I mean, 1879, the concepts are somewhat dated, but I, I take the core concept and apply it to the yeah. now. And that's like probably the closest uh, political economy to mine is this guy, Henry George. Right. If the more leftist version okay, is. Okay, I'm going to buy this uh, shit. JP Proudhon. And hope that I can get through uh, 423 pages. No, it's PJ. Of... Pierre Joseph Proudhon. Oh, fuck. He wrote oh, a maybe book I called What is I Property. I just paid Amazon 99 cents. And those pieces yeah, of shit. Property and, and the renting of property in particular. <laughs> yeah, it's I got like, a Kindle copy like too that. with my. If you're a man, is like the irony. Stuff. But yeah, but that means all rent from Amazon and getting it. But. Uh, again, Jonathan, yeah, man, I, I always appreciate your insights. And I think, I think, uh, you're a very valuable thinker in this space and you always make me, uh, you make some of these concepts really, (laughs) yeah. You gotta, if you have the real paper copy, it'll be, it'll be good. Yeah, it's working. It's definitely working. So I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. All right. Peace. Lysol, what's going on? How are you? Eh, not too bad. Just learning about Henry. Uh, what's his name now? I just, I just fucking bought it. Jesus. No, not that one. The other Henry who again, does Henry George. Glad that's glad it. That you like it. Progress in poverty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the other. Oh, hell yes. Dunkaroos. I didn't even think they made those shits anymore. Really? (laughs) That's awesome. Look at these Dunkaroos. Yeah, I remember these. Didn't they have a, like a kangaroo that was the mascot for this shit? I think. Yeah. Hey, bud, how you doing? Hell yeah. Dude, we're bringing the 90s back. David Thoreau. Yeah, that's perfect. The other I love that. Man. I love ah. that. So what's on your mind besides uh, 90 so, snacks? I'm all about setting up traditions. And so in the spirit of that, I would like to continue to continue showing up to the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites with 90 snacks. So today I have brought Dunkaroos. 
They don't. The, the box I have is from 94. Right. Yeah, it's like... Hey, you're... Right, right. Yes. And plus, those those business journals depend on yeah. accurate information. I mean, Noam like, Chomsky ever... has talked about this before. And, you know, manufacturing have consent, you ever how with how much, uh, a lot of the reporting sometimes in, in stuff like the Wall Street Journal inside. is the most accurate because... <laughs> Free turns market. out that businesses need accurate information in order to make money. So some of the propaganda gets peeled away. Not all of it, mind you, but some of it. Okay, so um, so on the topic of child labor, one of the funniest things about the pandemic is you can yeah. get really brutally honest um, evaluations of how it's going in business journals, in places like Fortune, Forbes. Because they're very brutally honest about like how it's actually affecting people, and they're not busy trying to sway anybody who reads because them of long to go COVID? back to work. Because nobody who has a job reads them. What really? Two uh, four million? Aspect. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Especially so with that, uh, insurance companies what? because they're busy trying to figure out how to price in. So they're going to events. employ children. That's, that's, you're saying that's, that's adding to the, so l- the labor last, shortage. Last figure I is, saw, I haven't uh, seen anything the, the long since, COVID but part? last summer Brookings said there was an estimated two to four million people out of the, out of the workforce in the United States because of long COVID. Yeah. I put a I put a link in the chat. Um, let me pull it up. Two long yeah. COVID two to four. Million. Don't need to say what I'm typing at the same time. New data shows long COVID is keeping yeah. as many as four yeah. million people out of work. Interesting. Interesting. Annual annual cost of these, lo- these well, wages alone uh, is about 170 billion dollars. Luckily, kids don't get COVID. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think it's I, I, yes. I think it's it's this the same spirit that has interest rates rising is they need they need to have power over labor. Yeah. They need to yeah, remind well, that us makes that a lot we didn't I mean, need, need to convince us we didn't have a social safety others, net from right? March to June uh, 2020, and that we're back to 2019. So. It's been you know my my theory yeah, is always it's been sure. great. I mean, I'm pretty fucking gross. Dude. I am different. pretty gross. And so, I think uh, the, uh, most of the class analysis. I, I, I keep that mantle for myself, kids are along those lines. Oh, super gross. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just a fucking booger factory. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> young Bites. Pretty gross, man. So Pretty he, sick, though. He was cool. <laughs> December 2020 <coughs> that the, um, the person most yeah. likely to bring uh, <coughs> COVID into a household is somebody age 0 to 17. If you look at, if you look at COVID, right, COVID infection right. rates you never by really profession, education or, and food service um, are always at the top. But yeah, that's a fun combination of things to have. But you know, the yin and yang of life. So, the, what do you think about? Us. I guess. Is, do you yeah. expect, or do you? How do you expect this child labor law? Uh, these constant repeals of child labor law are 
going to continue. But what about young buyers? Do you think they're going to continue into the future? Do you think it's going to? Do you think people are going to be successful in their nationwide sort of uh, aspirations to uh, take us back to the 1920s? Or uh, do you have any real opinion on that? I was simultaneously. A, a weird, uh, a gross kid, and a germaphobe. So it was this kind of like fifty-fifty. Am I going to freak out about it or ignore it type deal? Yeah. I mean, so I, I was raised libertarian, and the the main like kind of like the go to right. was right. always where yeah. in the constitution I, does it say the government? You know, I I, I think that's probably. And I feel like the people that there's probably a, that makes you know, a lot of sense. A thirteen year old kid should be able look, to be the, you know, the thing that I'm worried about too is and, uh, you know it's a, it builds character you, from a young kids are easier to money skills. I mean, it's like God, it's, if that's you know not they, the they were pushing us to take to to get jobs in high school. In my high school was one that was sending people pretend basis for people send like five kids to Harvard and like thirty kids to Berkeley every year. But still, they were like everyone's scared of inoculation. Inoculation, but I'm not talking about like ideological inoculation. Upper middle class life. These people didn't have you get kids early. And they're working, and um, but really, they're failing in school. More about just like propagandizing future. Their families future become more and more dependent current, current on workers. That income seeing source what's happening with Gen Z and quiet quitting. And they are struggling to survive. That's the kind like of inoculation that. trying to inoculate the kids you are against anything like that. Is my theory destroying certain opportunities that they would have in their future outside of uh, the one sort of tract of being a laborer and being an exploited laborer that you've put them in. So that's the kind of inoculation that I worry about. That's, that's the kind of systemic inoculation where people can get caught in a trap. And I've seen that happen. I've seen versions of that happen a lot from, you know, the, the, the town where I'm from. It, it is hard to take someone who now they never had the grades. They never had, uh, they don't really, they didn't really get to learn anything to suddenly be like, okay, now you have to learn how to become an engineer at age 35. Uh, they're stuck in the track that they're in for the most part. And and that's when it comes to quiet quitting, you know, when we see these kinds of phenomena, these are mostly happening with people who are, uh, you know, like PMC or people who have some semblance of options. And I, I do think that, uh, on a, in a broad way, the, the system does not want people to have those kinds of options because if, if they start learning that they have those kinds of options, then things like, uh, you know, now you have a group of people who can potentially organize something like a general strike or who understand their leverage better or who can actually know what they're worth being paid. Like all of those things are bad for the... Uh, the bottom line of a capitalist, right? Uh, so I think I, I think you make a really good point there.
You know, I think, I think, I'll tell I'll, I'll say what I've noticed, right? With, I guess the, what I'm, what I'm noticing just more and more is, uh, I don't know, I, I guess I'm becoming more and more Marxist in this sense, which it's hard. It's really hard not to be today. It's, it's difficult because a lot of, you know, when you see how the exploitation uh, does any part of it feel like there was a graph game of between how the, exploited uh, people industries are. that want to exploit uh, teenage labor and college the graph the, is the, not the, the like it's, higher it's education clearly still industry. the worst for the because it kind of feels like you know one stealing from the other and who bit. are uh you know i guess what you traditionally call like blue collar or uh whatever kind of workers who are at, at the bottom of the totem pole but between college graduates, PMC, all these people, that that kind of curve of exploitation is starting to flatten out um, because the spike at the end of it in the where the money's all going is getting higher and higher, and they got to take from someone. So I, uh, I don't know. I tend to look at things a lot more. Uh, you know, people say like class reductionism. I see it as like, how do you make your money reductionism? Uh, which Jonathan, you know, Jonathan's talked a lot about how uh, what basically amounts to those kind of like rent seeking and parasitic systemic behaviors. And I really do think that's like, that's a place where a lot of our focus should be on here. Um so I guess I don't know if I'm answering your question or or not, Lysol. But um, I, I I guess what what I'm trying to say is that I don't I don't really see too much of a difference nowadays between like like college educated employees and non college educated employees and employees with professional degrees versus employees who don't uh, who, you know are high school dropouts. I think I think the exploitation is all happening in a similar way. And I think on a long enough timeline, we all end up in the same bad place under this current system. Did I answer the question or did I just, I feel like I went off into my own thing. There. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Right. 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 Yeah. And I mean, it, right. Not, not really. But you took you took it you took it into place. I'm interested in discussing because I mean I feel like you know we're talking about the class war. I feel like a lot of it you know college is all about expectations, right? It's about setting up like this future goal that's possible. And is it <laughs> at some point does it become marginally mar marginally better for corporate America right. to tell kids? They're right. too poor to go to college and just get a job now so we can exploit right. them right. versus right. having them take high interest rates loans that they may or may not pay back. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess I, I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right, and that I, you know, you I haven't even thought of like the kind of it's the, the potential the like health effects of, as long as like of COVID, money creation also comes having interest, and a, all about uh, finding like a, new markets. An effect like, on I was born labor shortages. My childhood was, was mostly, I'm sure, uh, like the United States you know, all selling things, things to former Soviet countries. It's a multi-factor, and then when, when they ran out, multiple factors are GDP growth. It used to be around average like four four percent a year, and since since two thousand interesting shit. Interesting shit. Any anything else for the the order is an average of about two percent so about 50 percent as much growth because they've run out of new markets oh, so now the united states yeah. it's the, the the late stage capitalism of capitalism eating itself it's like okay well all we have left is our own workers to exploit how can we exploit them more can their, can their kids come to work if they if they have covid and they're too sick basically Right. 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 And and eventually they will replace with machines. I think I think as soon as uh oh he's trying to call me right now. Well hopefully that's not hopefully my dad's doing fine <laughs> with whatever's going on. Hopefully it's not an emergency. But uh yeah, the uh uh-huh. yeah, I do think they will they will certainly <laughs> so- uh so Look, the, whatever's going to make them the most amount of money, as soon as it becomes available, then oh, the, it's just, it's it. it's also interesting if they can replace it with like machines entirely. They automation will. in terms I, of who's stealing it doesn't the jobs. make any sense for them not. And to it's like it, in terms of how how the you the start wealth, to the, factor the in the, class, the long-term effects of not having with, a labor force you know, like situation which post means COVID. not having the the pre-COVID narrative had always been that they're just going to replace all these jobs. People can't afford or consume your product now. They're which they're pushing is, back like not to uh, let's have kids do it self-defeating but i don't think they're going to see that far enough ahead to to counter that before it happens so you know because they're dumb <laughs> I mean, it's one time. I think it was like 2005. I was yeah. in San Diego no, and I went that's, to a Carl's Jr. 100. Uh, going to happen. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised California. if uh, um, a lot of law jobs had, and stuff were replaced. Um, they had in the, in the near future. Instead of people at the counter, uh, you selected your stuff. Like I want a cheeseburger. How many do you want? Uh, Fuck, man, I was because you know they function on the same system. But nobody behind the counter would make eye contact. Yeah, well, I appreciate you calling. Always a pleasure to. So it's like they've already been toying around with this idea for almost yeah. two decades <laughs> now. Too. And I thought for sure that the, the uh, and my Capri uh, labor shortage would be uh, would, Andrew, have, would send an arrow on, man? towards automation. Welcome back to the Fred Hampton I wonder if that's back down or if they're just trying to buy more time before they like lay everybody off at the same time. <laughs> so what's on your mind? You know, AI is coming for your job, Biden. Biden. Yeah, sorry, of course. Sorry about that. Fluffy pillows and because be, uh, because Twitter, Twitter is full of people explaining how you can do lawyer things with chat. Yeah, it's a bougie place, you know, as Fred Hampton would have wanted. Uh, none of you broke motherfuckers 
allowed in here. Fred Hampton wouldn't have that. So, <laughs> of course, of course not. That that's Fred Hampton. Everyone knows Fred Hampton was all about uh, Gucci flip flops and uh, motherfucking Versace thongs and shit, and uh, was a hard capitalist. Which we're continuing that tradition here today in his hotel. Oh, it's great to be here, bud. Oh, that's <laughs> always uh, they're the same. Clean for, for Both of no, them have made the same that. contributions to the liberation of of black and and impoverished peoples, obviously, yeah, because Jay Z is our modern day Fred Hampton. It's worthwhile. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. No, absolutely not. The chair, the chairman, would not stand for uh, for stinky people in his motel. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Look, how are kids? How are kids going to learn things? I like, think we. I think we may have know, just hard life mixed up the like chairman with uh, Jay. How to work hard, or Oops. Oops. how to get up and be somewhere on time, or how to lose your hand in a conveyor belt, <laughs> and they have. They have a. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean they have a slightly like, different those, theory of those change, important but, lessons um, that children need to learn. Well, shit. I mean, I mean they're going to be they on their own someday, merits. right? But Possibly hey, I was thinking you might have this still, all wrong, dude. If they've if learned the lesson from the have, first hand, um, if we like, don't allow child labor, how, where else are they going to learn this? States again? Where else? Um, There's nowhere then else. Then Daddy Andrew. Trump is never going to be There's... able to bring back the manufacturing to the Rust Belt. So I think we gotta. I think we gotta bite the bullet. And, it, just uh, like I had to learn at thirteen, and let him have this. I've one. been a lefty ever since. Trade off. That's how it goes. You know, every that's and that is how I became a communist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I I lost my right hand in a terrible uh, or like um, Panera Bread massacre uh, while using a oh, that's bagel funny. slicer. I was, that's close. I was going to say uh, how to tourniquet for a bleeding. baker's dozen of bagels for a corporate meeting, uh, and that night I was so distraught that I uh, put on my uh, big titty hentai porn and and got my left hand <laughs> and had to learn what I had to learn. And that's I've been a communist ever since. Yeah, how to jack off with your non-dominant hand after suddenly losing your other one in a in an industrial accident. Oh, is right. that you yeah, a communist. Right. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Mm. Right. (laughs) Okay. Right on. Well, um, you know, it was a, a little funny hearing the people say the U.S. has great labor laws. It's just, except for agriculture, <laughs> except for how we, except for how we feed everybody in the whole country. 
Um, and that was, that was, I don't know. I was thinking about that because in Mexico there's, um, oh, there's yeah. definitely a lot of child labor here, like more so, but, but I feel like it's much more so in the, in maybe the old timey spirit of why there's less restrictions in agriculture. Cause it's like, okay, my neighbors are work on uh, auto body repair painting stuff like that dents whatever um the lights and the it's like the there's enrique and he's like probably a half a generation older than my father-in-law and then there's his son and the the in-law family of his son's generation and then his grandsons Hell they yeah. all work at this um, family sick. business, literally just on our street, like out of their house. And it's kind of hard to place. No, I don't like, remember Because now I'm not really that old at all. I'm 27. But like somebody who's like 18 to me right now could look like 14 or 15. But like I'm pretty sure the, the youngest of the grandsons are maybe not 18 and they're still working like full time on this shit. Um and that's more common. You'll see like eight, ten-year-old kids uh, like run the the counter of a bodega, like corner store, with their parents and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And definitely in farming, there's like young kids are helping out. I just, by the way, I just um, I just planted like a half an acre of uh, of corn the other day. Um, so that was cool. <laughs> I did it with a right. I don't know if you remember International Motors. They they made some pretty right. sick gas guzzling cars back in the day. Big truck. They they weren't big. They weren't like a huge company. Um, but they they manufactured like in the late eighties. They manufactured this like super uh, simple but kind of elegant corn seeding machine that I got to use the other day. So that was fun. But I was what I was getting at though is like Mexico actually still has the production model for agriculture that is like. Yeah. Small time family because they had a land redistribution in the Mexican Revolution, and so like that. No, no, I I think that that's an an important like it was still get abused exactly the same way for nothing else to show how in Mexico uh, there are narratives kind of can can work against farms. uh, You know, like there's most of work against cultures produced by small time uh, intuitions or people's Um, ideas of why a there's no there's really no excuse for that. In the of how States a law is actually functioning, Monsanto right? And, so they'll and use the example, like some of the proponents of the, the small the, these types of land. laws, these so the rollbacks of child labor in the United States, uh, use for that law will want to exactly paint that said, picture to like, you that oh, the, just a the kid most exploitable children who are probably and they're you know, just migrants arrived look, here with their family parents. activity. Maybe their parents are like the family you know, needs help, and and they're they're what are we going to do? Is are we going to stop little Timmy from helping out with the goats on the farm? But if the if the cows don't get milked and the, the corn don't get planted, then Mom, Paul, and little Timmy won't be able to eat. And it will be because the big bad government made it illegal for us to feed our family. How could you do that, fucking Obama? How could you do that, Joe Byron? How could you how could you do that to my family? And that's the picture they want to paint. But really, it's a big fucking dumb fuck in a big suit in a too big of a suit with a cigar and they don't it's a farm run by fucking robots 
and all the cows yeah. are like fucking shot in the head before they get the milk out of them and then they revive them using like fucking fucked up techno technology and then they're worshiping satan and shit like all this it's a it's the yeah it's a, you say they play daft punk to revive the cows <laughs> oh yeah it is it is just reviving them using uh the power of uh uh of uh the discovery album um to to blast them back in um but yeah it's it's you know the reality is that the only reason these Yeah, it's actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's Daft Punk reviving the cows. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, it's actually Daft Punk reviving the it's cows. It's little one handed Jorge. Yeah. Who, poor guy, has to learn how to jack off with his lefty because he lost his hand in a farming accident. So good, and he's hoping that he makes it to uh, an age. And you know, like it's uh, like I joke about it because life is depressing. Oh, the reality, it's not little Timmy. Less depressing. Totally agree with you. These really are like twelve, thirteen-year-old kids. America's largely are not going to school. Uh, I mean, in this New York, I'll I'll drop this New York Times article too. Um, Um, But it's it's actually it's actually little Jorge. It's getting going on here. One of the people on top that they talk about first he, is, you, you know, know, like follows up. After his name the is uh, Christian. Um, he works on a construction job that is like instead of going to school, and he's fourteen. That's 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 and it's just this fourteen-year-old kid who no education, no anything. You know, there's a guy named Oscar Lopez in here who's a ninth grader and works overnight yeah. at a sawmill in South Dakota, and. Mm-hmm. On the day that they're showing the picture, he skipped school to sleep after a 14-hour shift. What the fuck is a 14-year-old or a ninth grader doing working a 14-hour shift at a sawmill? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's how the math works. I I think that is true. Um, But it's, it's, it's... It's Popeye math, exactly. Like the 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 numbers don't matter. There is no way to calculate it. Uh, it just is what it is, right? Like, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, because when you eat enough spinach, you go back in time and are able to, you know, fucking. Uh, use it like a whatever that thing was in Harry Potter, but uh, whatever Hermione Granger was using to go back in time. It's like hourglass or some shit. Well, you should uh, be able to work as many yeah. hours of the day as you are years old. I'm pretty sure that that seems right. <laughs> it's Popeye math. Hmm. yeah you can you can work as many hours of the day as you are years old as long as you eat that many cans of spinach as well 
Yeah. That was a good. Yeah, but you, you know what right. though, I kind of feel like there's, I I kind of don't think right. there's gonna be a a future of total automation. Like, I kind of feel right. like people right. in the United States have more of an impression that automation is gonna take everything, because we're we're kind of conflating automation with offshoring a little bit. Right. Um. Particularly. Like, if automation were, um, you know, really super feasible, especially for a profit model, like, um, I, I feel like it would be kind of done already, at least in some type of industry. But the the kind of shaving off. Yeah, I, I, um, I do think a lot of the, the PMC, production like I think software engineering through, uh, things. I, I do like think there's, there's no law, argument to be had. Uh, certain machine. aspects. You of, have to of, pay uh, a fixed amount to where lawyers make a lot of money or where and to maintain uh, big law firms make a lot of money. Uh, I guess. Things like Except discovery really where you have to review you're still, then you're shaving thousands off and thousands and thousands and thousands of documents in order to like figure out what they say. And then, and then uh, AI is definitely going to cut down a lot on, on that. To the You're going to see the consumer. So like you mentioned earlier, if you completely automate sectors, everything, you lose the consumer the, market. The, the thing uh, to always keep in so mind, they want, the thing that I always keep in mind is that they're happier with the service economy um, where the, 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 the motivation manufacturing is done elsewhere. Cutting the and jobs, the motivation you can, you can to change kind of things, the all of, of it is, but really I think automation is, is to increase to like, that profit margin, um, is to increase like software money. Engineering it it is never to, you know, secure the jobs of the people being employed by them. It's never to really just increase the well-being of their lives or to make sure that they are not going to be, uh, their workers are not going to be put in a situation to where they are... Uh, struggling to provide for their families. You know, it's, it's, we're past the days where uh, the company you worked for uh, would pay you enough to afford your house and your, your car and you weren't in debt and they'd send you a Christmas ham every single uh, Christmas, you know, and then Scrooge would come to your house and, you know, uh, say, I'm sorry for all the bad things I've done. Uh, and totally. I, yeah, right, right, right. But uh, you know, I promise it'll be better next year. I mean, nowadays it's a bunch of people just trying to fuck you. That's all it is. It's like, imagine 24 seven Scrooge following you around, just being like, can I get that ass? I'm going to get that ass. I'm going to get that ass like all day, every day. That's what it's kind of turned into. And, and it turns into that because the, uh, Look, the system leads you there. That's where it leads. We're all going to get fucked by Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. You know? And it's interesting, too. You know, like, it's 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 funny because I, I, I do see some talk in the chat about how this is happening under Biden. And yes, it is. But I let me do it again that. next year, please. But when even Biden's former labor secretary... Is the guy saying that, hey, um, when asked about why are child labor laws happening, he says corporate greed, and he's right. And when you got even a guy in the Biden administration who is saying uh, this is the, 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 the corporate for-profit and profit being the end-all, be-all system is driving this, 
when even like Biden's labor secretary is acknowledging this, you have to realize that's how bad, of, that's how big of a problem it is. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Ebenezer Scrooge fucking you? That part or no? Oh yeah, that's the one coming after you for sure. For sure, it's the Muppet version. It's Yeah, you're welcome. Good. Yeah. I think I'll um maybe I'll make one more comment to what you were talking about earlier um which is the or the muppet version of Ebenezer Scrooge fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, thanks for that one sin that image is now burned into my brain. But, uh, no, I was thinking about, like, so what do we do, um, you know, similarly to the, um, you know, the labor organizing push that's starting again. It's interesting that, like, the the move to a service economy is partly a way to, you know, offshoring industrial work and moving to a service economy, raising interest rates. These are all partly ways to erode eat away at the old uh power that labor had um and and kind of like you were saying earlier it is it is very possible that you know putting um children into really grueling and more dangerous and more degrading work earlier will put them on a sort of a a toboggan track that's hard to get off of at any point in the future even if they want to but at the same time, I feel like the the worse the conditions get, the more obvious in the minds of the ex- exploited classes under capitalism, the the more obvious the class divide becomes, the harder it is to paint over it uh, with other nonsense. And I think that uh, we should we should in some ways, not always, but in many ways, we should be replicating what was the tactics of of labor before there were any labor protections at all. Because, you know, I think the the kind of up the upswing part to me is like America has always been a pretty right wing, um, you know, wool is fully over the eyes reactionary population um, since the, you know, the whole of the 19th and, and 20th century, for sure, for the most part, with some some mild exceptions. And yeah. and even out of that population, when they were you know, subjected to really horrific um, labor conditions uh, at a mass scale, they created, you know, the Knights of Labor was like the first uh, major labor organization in the United States. And it was, it was also kind of like de, you know, anti-slavery and desegregationist right after the Civil War. So it's like, out of these really fucked up conditions come really clarifying moments. It provides the best possible opportunities for us to educate people 
And we came from a place where there were absolutely no labor protections and we did win solid labor protections. Um, but kind of to, to finish this point with almost like a question, you were saying that the, the goal should be to seize power. And I think that's really true because if we don't do that, then we're negotiating with people whose entire uh, desired outcome, you know, their, their desired outcome is child labor, no labor protections whatsoever, low life expectancy for the poor and, you know, technological, um, you know, plentiful wealth for a tiny fraction of people. It's just, you know, the Rockefellers wet dream of America. That's, that's who we're negotiating with. Um, to win a middle ground concession. So a middle ground concession with those people is always going to be insufficient. And I think what you and um, Jonathan were talking about earlier, which is like, how do you, how do you keep people? Um, well, actually I kind of, I'm kind of taking the opposite position of Jonathan, I guess, which is that how do we actually keep the people clamoring for the, for the guillotine? Because the, we didn't have that problem where they wanted more and more. And it got crazy in the United States. We had right. the opposite problem where, some small concessions were given right, right. Um, I, I, by the ruling I, class of this country to on the question of how do you keep people off, mad. Well, there's a couple um, things here. You know, right? factions One of people is, from is the labor movement. The, and that was successful. The anger and the, so I guess, the, like, the more this kind of stuff happens. I think we have all these the, good opportunities for education uh, right you know, now. As, as labor sick laws as it are, is, are like, rolled back. There, there uh, is no better. Laborers are, are more and more exploited. The more it happens, yes, people are going to get more labor, and more angry about it. You know, militant labor organizing. Now, where they direct and, that anger you know, working, I think and, is an open question for Americans. I think there are control of many examples that we have own, in history you know, where of, every, of almost everybody, uh, people who are savvy, the, you know, 14 year old sees who, on that genuine anger that people have school and to take a rest off a 14 hour, which makes shift. it, there is no crucial poster child for that part of our project um, has clarifying to be class relations in the United making States, making sure people understand enough to know where the anger should be directed. Uh, so that's one. Uh, how do you keep that anger directed without it being placated? Uh, I think, I think we're kind of getting to a point to where that problem might take care of itself because of how, how like egregious some of this shit is getting, uh, it's leading enough to where, I mean, if you have, doctors and lawyers and engineers and and programmers and all these people who find themselves more and more aligned with the class interests of uh you know uh cashiers and 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 uh waitresses and waiters and 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 uh, uh tradesmen i i think i think they may have pushed too far in doing that because that's what I mean. Look, that's that's what they were trying to prevent from happening. That kind of like class consciousness from developing, they've been trying to prevent from happening forever. And if you already have people who are like bound by student loans, who also are you know people like you, Andrew, who know a bit about the labor history and the movement, one, that's going to lead to us being better at directing anger. And two, uh, the the sides are too divided as far as like 
the 99% versus the 1%, uh, that becomes a much more explicitly recognizable thing to just your average anybody, right? So I think that, that I don't know if that will be placated as easily as it has been in the past because uh, I don't know if you can divide and conquer that in the same way that you could divide and conquer us before. Now, maybe they figure out a way. Maybe they just keep increasing pay for PMC and then, I don't know, like they do enough. They do away with student loans. I don't know. I don't know. But I I think, uh, I guess with the placation thing, like what I would say is we have the anger now. We have the alignment now. We should be doing what we can to focus that energy to where it needs to go now and push that as far as it's able to go. We'll deal with whatever placation attempts they have when we get there. And if we have to, you know, fuck Ebenezer Scrooge again, we'll do it. And I mean, this time, you know, us, not him. Like, well, I don't, you know what? We're not going to fuck Ebenezer Scrooge because he just, that's what he's going for this whole time, right? Um, yeah, you know, but some people are into it, whatever. You know, I'm not a felt guy myself, but some people like felt. You know, he's a he's a hell of a puppet. So that's right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm with. Right. He's all crusty. Corduroy, tweed, and felt. I mean, that's a recipe for moisture. I was going to say, though, um, I agree with you. I think the I think the push for education should be, um, you know, kind of front and center along. And, and that education cannot be on, and you know, on social media predominantly. I think the amount of censorship kind of makes that clear and the penalties they're into this um, restrict act for basically just reading anything on the Internet. Um I think that I think that that's actually going to also work out better in our favor because actually human connections don't happen on Facebook or Twitter that are really, you know, meaningful and and push forward any type of local or regional power into a, you know, a a gain that we have won. Well, you know, we'll look back and win in the future like there's there's definitely instances where we're like, okay, it was a good thing that we had that brief run on um on YouTube, but now that's cut off or we had that brief run here and there, but now it's cut off. But if your uh, education campaign right. has uh, free food and drinks and, and, you know, real social interaction in person, I think it's going to be much more lasting. So I actually think like kind of to your point that there's like a, they've painted themselves into a corner policy wise in multiple ways. And that's part of it. Like the censorship, 
um, the the rolling back of labor protections. Like when you said um, the days of the company paying you well are long past, that I think is actually such a, a powerful statement in a lot of ways, because mm-hmm. especially um, kind of ahistorical Democrats, liberals, they're like, oh, it's 2023, Biden. How could we possibly have lost Roe? I don't understand. <laughs> like, it, for for right. them, for them to hear the statement that right. oh, it's long right. past the Andrew. Days of always a pleasure. Salary taken. Always care a pleasure. Of a uh, don't let Scrooge get um, you, my dude. You know, we're, we're follow up with you too about um, rampant homelessness territory. Uh, uh, like that, I geez, think is a fat cast initiative, and people I know are I've seeing been that. Kind of so I'll, I'll get out the it's, way. It's basically just been me and Bobby taking care of uh, uh, people in the queue now. Paperwork, but for it's a pleasure as always. And I guess yeah, I'm with you on the government finance stuff. But I have pushed for strategies that, that work for labor organizing that if you still care mutual aid providing uh, resources getting up so brady what's going on or fox fox cloud we we are not necessarily going, going to have uh better conditions okay. um okay. and you know teach people that history of the new deal cutting out you know black workers in the south to you know to send half the coalition home and i think we'll be in in a good direction Hunter Fox, Fox McCloud. Yeah, Brady, Brady Fox. Either way, I like either one. And uh, okay. so, uh, yeah, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, I thought that I had it rough, you know, because when I was 13 years old, I had to start working for the family company for five dollars an hour, doing the hard labor that none of the adult men wanted to do. You know, pretty backbreaking stuff. I literally broke my back working for the family company and a few other things, but um. As I grew up, I came to realize I was one of the lucky ones, you know, like, goddamn, it's like so crazy out there for kids right now. And kids really don't have much of a voice um, in today's world, I feel like. So something I'm something cool I'm doing with this whole proxy party yeah. idea, which is I just mean, a new political new, philosophy. New York Times, uh, um, had is, a, had a long I, what I want to do is I want to give kids were, a seat uh, at the Democratic table in some, and, and and, uh, in some I'll, I'll form or fashion. Chat, I think a cool way to do that uh, would be pretty, to allocate, let's say, a million dollars to every state uh, that all the hours, kids can collectively uh, vote on how they want to spend it or what they want to do with that money. And then maybe allocate another $50 million for all of the children in America to collectively vote on together. Yeah. And kind of experiment with democracy a little bit like that so that they can at least feel seen yeah. and heard. Um, and it's kind of like, I, I feel like it would be really interesting to, I, I would love to interview some of these child workers, you know, like there's some people out there that actually get these interviews with them. Uh, I think Jordan, Pe- yeah. not, not Jordan, Pe- I mean, John Oliver, New York Times, uh, Jesus. Great. It's me cringe when I think about it. 
Yeah, I've done a lot of hard yeah. work in my life, and it's work that makes me cringe when I think about it. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely brutal. It will age you quickly. Um, and like I've said, even privileged uh, individuals like myself, there's a girl I know who worked for McDonald's when she was like 15 or 16, something like that. And um, she was raped by one of her coworkers at McDonald's, and nothing came of it. She had no help. She was embarrassed about it and they teased about it, even harassed about it afterwards. And if that happens to privileged kids, just like imagine what's happening to these voiceless children, you know? So, um, sure. I, how do we protect these kids for like outside of government? Like I think, uh, yeah. Mutual aid, free food, free water. Yeah. I mean, um, the well, world economic <laughs> forum has, come out with a report lately that said that hungry people are mo more yeah, motivated to yeah. work. I, I, and so there's I, I actually think, an incentive look, you're not to wrong keep about people a lot of hungry the these days as an incentive to do the brutal really, which uh, would stop them from having to labor on decisions that, needs to that be done for uh, their, their new vision of so, the world. And housing, so I think that fighting uh, food scarcity food, right off the bat would be a huge Those things thing, should but, be, I, look, man, I, I'm of the opinion that those things should be guaranteed to you in a society that protect children really <laughs> children are so overlooked i feel like uh, and that produces enough they, wealth i feel like they feel like they have no voice so i like to speak for the children those when should I can. be the bottom so and there I should be something that takes I remember the one thing that from I, I, any wealth I needed that's the most in school from, was a good meal like uh, a legitimate meal you know as as jonathan would probably say from oof, from oh god the terms from more rent seeking activities first or wealth taxes first and then from uh the the proceeds of 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 profits otherwise uh to fund those services that should be just uh, kind of a given in any kind of society uh but yeah you need you, you need those social safety nets and um i when you see these uh child labor laws being passed it is it's doing exactly kind of the opposite because now if you have these kids who are coming into the workforce and you have these families that absolutely depend on the money now that these kids are making, well, maybe you start seeing prices raise. Maybe that kid becomes a necessary source of income because look, that's not, that's not, um, that's not far fetched. You remember when, when half of the population was not allowed to enter into the workforce really, right? That's not that long ago, but you had families living on a single person's income then as those conditions changed and you had uh, women being allowed to enter into the workforce, Obviously. now it's, it's difficult to live in a place if you don't have at least two incomes. It's, it's almost impossible to raise a family if you just have one income. Uh, and now we're going to do the same thing with kids. And we don't think that's going to, to, to change things. We don't think we're going to create a society where now in order to afford a house and a car, you need two adult incomes and one child's income. Look, I, when I was working as a kid, I worked at Panera Bread uh, when I was a teenager. And, you know, at the time, I would occasionally be helping out with expenses around the house. Uh, and that's in a society where the two incomes are supposed to be able no to be enough to provide for the family. Uh, I just, I, 
I and look, I think you also make a good point when you talk about uh, why should laws that are sort of affecting kids, why should they not have some kind of say in it, right? I I I, I, I look like when it comes to something like labor, in particular, where the whole point is to extract as much value as you can from them. And you're talking to a 13 year old about, Hey, are you going to pull an overnight shift for us and skip school and do all these things? I, I do think that they should probably have a say in what the law is surrounding that. But I don't know. I, I, I think you bring up some good points. I think you bring up some good points. Like a kid's like a kid's kingdom, like the, the Lost Boys in Peter Pan. Okay, okay. Well, some of yeah, I have a couple solutions to empower kids, and that is just to <clears throat> encourage them to create their own proxy parties and their own kind of government outside of government and create their own goals and uh, make it happen on their own without the – yeah, kind of like without the gov- without the adult's permission, so to say. And I'm also thinking about – oh, not quite that crazy. Wait, um, just that like be? if they want better food at school, if they want less homework – I, Show I, them how to organize what, what, what and get that, that do? done. The, the, you know, the playing um, the music outside. Uh, kind of teach them, teach them what they need to do to teach them that all the adults don't really care for them and don't have their best interest. Um, you know, um, but um, there was a, I think a, a prison here in San Antonio in Texas where they're keeping children in in those cages still. And I, an idea I had a while back was to go outside that building and play a loud music concert where they could hear it inside. Okay. Word. And word. I just got reminded okay. of that idea. I think, I think that's probably a pretty effective form of protest. And uh, I'll try to make that happen at some point. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, so I, there's I, a prison in, in Texas where loud. they're keeping migrant um, children. And yeah, um, they were having Welcome some protests out there a while back. Uh, and I had the idea doing? of like going out and playing a show there. And I just got reminded of that. I thought that's a good idea for a protest, you know, or like a, something to get, like raise attention to these kids needs. But like, um, that's a little off topic. It's just like an idea I came up with that I thought might be effective. <laughs> I to, like, don't think they said, I think that someone said you were, but, you were uh, weird, but. Yeah, I'll pass the mic to Evan and Rudy Saley. But uh, any ideas that anyone yeah. has as to yeah. like actions we can take outside of voting to like yeah, liberate kids now, I'm all ears for. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what do you mean when you're referring to it being different? Anything specific or just like the general hey, difference Fox, uh, of you Texas? Say you're in uh, San Antonio. I'm in Austin. It's great to kind of see that demographic a little bit. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, there was one comment in the, like, Evan's 
Emma's a retard, or I don't know. Um, fucking stupid. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. This is my first time on Caller. It's a great app. I love it, man. I love the interaction. I'm getting stuff done. You know, it's my day off. I'm over here doing laundry and shit. Yeah, yeah Minnesota. Interacting as much as I can. But uh, I will say, uh, I don't know, man. Here in Texas, it's different. You know? There's a lot of things that are different. Uh, I don't know. I wish we were, like, most parts yeah. of the country. Mm, yeah. Just in terms of like the general terms of being in Texas, it's yeah. a great state to live in. But I think yeah, politics, I man, think... has a lot to do with how you live, regardless of what it is. You know, yeah, it's different. no, for sure. I mean, I yeah. think, I think I one know. of the reasons this why is different. I've been I, in California. I, I love California. Politics I've interests Utah, me at all, or Florida, just keeping York, track of some of these things like labor laws and. and, and talking about why I think it's a bad idea <laughs> to roll back child labor laws Minnesota. is because I think one of the coolest um, parts of the human experience is the idea States, of I think when you discovering like, uh, both things Toronto, about yourself, but Toronto's also really things nice. about different. other places again, and having these different experiences yeah, you know, and actually getting that kind of opportunity so, um, to do those things. I think when you travel like, abroad, to me, that's different like being able to life is truly about like I don't know fucking find your vibes and be constantly about. surprised by all the cool shit and all the, all the different stuff that happens abroad, around you and bunch of different, different things man. you can see in different yeah. states and in different vouch. countries and the different ways people live like understanding that all of that is encompassing the human experience and how you get to kind of you can have the opportunity to almost like choose which way you have that experience or what experiences you have and have that discovery that's that's awesome right like that is that's the yeah it's huge huge yeah but it's in and 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 the individualism in a way that like you know there's nothing like finding your people too you know especially when they're really your people and I, I think there are a lot of like arbitrary restrictions that politics and that uh, our, you know, quote unquote leaders and our political system and our, our economic system put on us that prevent us from having that. And that's what worries me is uh, it's, it's not, it's not like difficult to see a scenario where we're in something like feudalism, right? Where, I'm I'm yeah, a peasant huge. who has to work That's a field, and I don't really get right? the option to have any sort of self-discovery at all. I am a farmer for this guy who has a bunch of knights with swords who will kill me if I don't do it, and if I try to leave, I'm starving. You know, or like slavery, or any any of these things are like they're antithetical to I think what the human experience and what the what the joy of like our limited time on this earth is supposed to be. So when I see shit like, hey, instead of kids like having these experiences where they're learning about, you know, they're able to, I guess, like participate in these sports with each other or able to find their friend groups or able to like learn about these things. Like, why don't we put them in a fucking meat factory Mm. and they can they can, you know, like clean dirty saws overnight. So they're too tired to get up the next day and think about everything like that's fucked up to me that 
that is antithetical to those experience to those kids being able to have those experiences themselves. And so uh, that's where the politics come in. That's where, that's where talking about labor laws really comes in. That's why it matters. And I think that there's, there is a risk sometimes of us having, uh, getting, uh, I guess I don't want to say like being too individualist, because that's not exactly what I mean, but I, th- I think there's a risk of losing sight of all of these forces that are working around us until it's too late. And suddenly you find yourself as that kid who's in that factory cleaning that saw. You know what I mean? And you're like, how the fuck did I yeah. get here? And how the fuck do I get out? So I'm constantly trying to figure out like, Explain, like, one, how how did we get here? And then, two, how do we get out or prevent ourselves from all getting there? Which is why, you know, I I do, uh, I don't know, it's why I know labor laws. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, for real? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's wild, man. Mm. It's wild. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think it depends on your state. Yeah. Like, Texas yeah. is fucking cutthroat as fuck. Look at this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just convicted, like, two guys that went over there to the fucking Capitol for, like, fucking, like, 15, 20 years. Yeah, it shouldn't you know matter. Really, like, like, in a lot of ways, yeah, with it's just fucking, when people are trying fucking to... insurrection with fucking Trump. Force other people into a way to live. Fucking, or, yeah. I'm saying, uh, man. Getting in the yeah. way of their, I don't know, their ability to yeah, just exist. I, mean, I think do what you need to do, and I think we do see enough of that. Man, really, truly you know? want to do. Um, but I think yeah. like California, like in yeah. a mindset, and I mean that like in a blue mentality is like, yeah, if it if it makes sense, go for it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like go out there and do it if it makes sense and it's right and it's meaningful for you, then go for it. Yeah. Whatever it is. I don't, you know, this bullshit about fucking state to state, fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're conservative and I'm, you know, come on, man. Come on. Yeah. 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 Austin's always, uh, yeah. I've always been a fan of keeping Austin weird, too, so. Dude, yeah, he's yeah, been the transplants a couple times. It's coming it's out there. Cool. I dig it. Yeah, it's like a Joe yeah. Rogan like it's, it's fucking, cool, man. Uh, that little alien dude out too. here right now off of East Sixth Street tonight. Uh, nice name, man. Uh, I fucking love, love that little guy. Fucking be a part of that shit with his like two eye hands or whatever. I forget what the fuck it is for somebody to come out here from fucking California, Michigan, or something. But yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. I had a friend down there. 
uh, used to be in a band with uh, way I'm back exactly when. Exactly, he, he moved yeah, down there and got really into like crystal it. healing. I guess you could call and me a transplant. Like clicking crystals but, together uh, and and doing this whole healing yeah, thing. And his whole full time job was that. Man. And I just, yeah. I couldn't believe because I'm not really into that and the stuff. Really, are like, like it's you, you know whatever. Do you like that's if you believe it you and know? if it works for I you or whatever, it, fine. I'm like, but you know, not really my my thing. But the fact have that you, he was able to awesome? like earn a good living, just like <laughs> clicking these fucking crystal rocks together over everybody, <laughs> always made me kind of respect <laughs> Austin though too. You know, because <laughs> it's just I like, dude, like there's a place for everybody, really. It. There's potentially a place for everybody. For a lot of people, it's awesome. But, but yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Evan, good, uh, good talk with you, man. Uh, uh, thanks for joining in. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's the? Yeah. Send me a message or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, is it on is it on Colin? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to jump off. I don't want to be. I don't want to pee. But uh, I got a show. It's called uh, Room Five One Two. You know, out of here. I'd love to yeah. have you on, man. Yeah. Maybe as a get. You know. Maybe as a, yeah. I I want to make it the best ever. I like. Yeah. I wanted to feel like you're squirting as a woman with no disrespect, like on your first yeah, day. Yeah. No, like go ahead. We're having ahead. a sexual contact. Yeah. Like, I want sure. the best. For sure. Evan, thanks ever. for calling in. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's what we all want. Uh, Rudy, but, what's uh, going on, man? Yeah, man, it's 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 room five one two. Oh, it's still. So yeah, there you go. That's the area code for Austin. Yeah, you know, same shit, different day, baby. Yeah, I just <laughs> constructed it. Uh, How about with you? I came and talk, constructed it, and uh, I want to make it happen. And, and uh, we, like we got a first show. I'm looking for a co-host. Oh, really? I was looking for my homeboy to really, you know, come through that realm of it. But uh, I guess sounds familiar. Um, it's better with two people, man. I don't know what to say. You know, but I but I have a whole agenda and like a like a whole list of what we want to talk about and you know just want to have fun. So I don't know. Hopefully y'all can transition over. I'm not trying to advertise whatever, but appreciate it being part of the process, man. Thank you, absolutely. Appreciate you. Oh God, the Economist. Jesus, on real black. No, man. I don't know, man. Today I'm feeling a bit Glenn Lowry? a bit accelerationist, man. I no, went, oh, there's yeah, another one who's dead on the right. Real black, um, um, on YouTube. Oh, can, is it Keynes? Keynesian? Okay. Keynesian? So basically, you if you want to find um, something like MLK, something. A little Malcolm guy? X, something, <laughs> you know, 70s, 80s. Um, you'll find it there, you know, um, uh, uh, um, a speech by MLK, a speech by anybody, you know, of the sort, you'll find it over there. But today, for some reason, yeah. I oh, found hello? Thomas Sowell, Thomas Sowell, you know, Thomas Sowell? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I saw I saw Thomas Sowell there. I saw um, what's that economist that people love on yeah. the right? Um, no, no, he's dead. I think this one. No, but he's he's not black. He's a, a white economist. What's his mm-hmm. name? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Bald uh, little man. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I'm I'm there. I'm there. Oh no, I'm not there. She is sick and stuff. No, it was it was horrible. Um, what's his name? Uh, anyway, it could just be people following Thomas Sowell, right, and seeing that there's a Thomas Sowell video and. Uh, they come okay. in droves and I'll yeah, see so it like, or whatever. But honestly, like all super right wing yeah. economics. And I think Thomas Sowell okay, and his economy, his 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 view of the economy, and I think sense, uh, right. So Fahim go, said that maybe you're thinking of Milton Friedman. Start reading these things. Okay, that's the one. Yeah, the most right wing. Uh, I think that time is I, I coming to pass. To I don't think it's. There's only shit. so long you and, can kind of you know, give people the same out, fucking right? bullshit any, explanation you know, over and over Spider-Man and over and over and over again, and things continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse, to where people are not going to start rebelling. But it seems you know, like black people are not going to start doing some other shit. As well. I do think and that's one of the reasons why uh, Trump now, is now appealing to people, or why people have kind of he has a, a base of people who rally behind him is because he's offering at least something that seems, at least in in if you're just looking at it, he's offering something that looks like an alternative. Someone who's calling out the political elites who haven't done anything for you. Someone who's calling out the system for being rigged, but he's not offering real solutions, but he's, he's calling it out. And I think that the reason why Thomas Sowell doesn't really bother me in this situation is if Donald Trump told people to shoot Thomas Sowell in the head or something, I think he'd be gone. Right. (laughs) Like I think, I think the time for the relevance of these other kinds of, explanations which have not been good explanations which have not borne themselves out are that time has passed we you you don't think so Of course, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I think so, but at the same time, um, I have a, I have a, have a Mexican friend, and he's, you know, his papers are sort of iffy, but that guy loves Trump, and at work, this guy and there's a night, uh, there's another yeah. right wing guy. They just all love yeah. Trump, and you know, there's um, there's something that resonates at some point, I guess, with people about you work hard and America. I I don't understand, but like you, 
um, you'll find that foreigners are sometimes the most right-wing people. Um, and, you know, there's, there's also um, this thing in the U.S. where you'll talk to somebody and you'll agree, you'll agree, you'll agree. And then we hit that sort of bump in the road where they think they're going to be a millionaire. And so, like, don't touch, you know, things that have to be touched, like, you know, the powers of the billionaires and you know, their their corporations and shit. But I I just, I, I see what you're saying. You know, at some point, the logic should you know it, it shouldn't make any more any it shouldn't make any sense but i was watching this video because i think okay like i i have to stop getting outraged by this shit let, let me actually just watch it just cold you know i so i started looking at this thing and it just doesn't make sense so t- milton friedman says okay um you got a system where somebody want has a sick baby and they pick this black guy and his family and this the sick baby needs to go, yeah. obviously go yeah. to the hospital um, yeah. there's yeah. a system in yeah. place you know, you know what's funny about that rudy is um there's a youtuber called contrapoints i don't know if you've heard of her um, before by the government um, but this guy but she just released a video and actually he doesn't uh, make money much yesterday. money at all um, which covers so basically the uh, is that the is this conversation of like civil um, debates as it applies to J.K. Rowling, and uh, who what has the come out should do as a, uh, you know, straight up, uh, you know, I think it's not, absolutely not debatable at this point that she is find a job. Uh, and that what is could be rightfully called a transphobe. A job. Um, and he's speaking and he's but they have she and, talks and, about know, how he, he doesn't seem very threatening there's and limited utility and how there are and, and voices and a lot of these same frustrations about and oh my god uh, how civilized this shit these is. conversations between people who are advocating for something that is actively harmful for either a certain community mm-hmm. or against the interests of, of people who are watching and someone else who's advocating for something that is like not that, uh, and how the civil debate, how how people in the comments will just be super obsessed with how it's a nice and civil debate. And the funny thing is, she does a very good breakdown. Contraports does a very very good breakdown of how um, that is just how that that's an illusion how that is a uh how people are being tricked by believing that there's this civil debate that's going on or that the the end all be all here is the civility of the debate or the fact that they're talking calmly to one another and i think that people are starting i don't know if it's just people are starting to realize this but i have faith that more and more people are going to start recognizing this are going to start recognizing that one, the both sides ism that we've been fed is not really a both sides ism. It's a manufactured two sides of something that are meant to keep us at each other's throats so that nothing materially changes about the important things, the economic issues in particular. And people are kind of becoming more and more hip to that. Uh, Maybe it's just me in my fantasy world who believes that, but I think that's happening. And and I will I I, I I what I would say is don't despair right now by 
Well, I I think it's just look. If I'm 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 a little bit of a materialist when it comes to the way I see things, and if the conditions are not changing, then we're we haven't gotten to where we're going to get to yet. But it's going to accelerate. It's going to accelerate because the material conditions have not changed, right? The material situation that we're all facing is like a funnel. It is a funnel which leads us down a certain path, and eventually we come out the spigot or the the, the bottom of it in the centered place. That's that's why you know why when Marx is talking about you know like revolution is inevitable to be optimistic under capitalism, these collapses, Mm -hmm. these things. I, I, I tend to believe that. And I tend to believe that you can only throw out so many hucksters before people get upset. And, you know, to, yeah, I think. Right. That's what I'm saying. We, we just gotta, we, we gotta accelerate this shit. I mean, not we, but, but exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you gotta you gotta shatter right. The, right. the illusion, and so people have to, yeah, people have to like lose faith in this uh, American dream thing, um, and it's it's a, it's horrible yeah. that no, you know, so many people have to suffer <laughs> because I mean that's what I do not, ultimately I do not. Yeah. it's gonna yeah. be that, but uh, you know, people have to. People at the very yeah. end, you know, but, uh, and also other people. You know, I, I do think well. one thing I will say is I, I do think I these think motherfuckers are. Uh, you know, this thing has to accelerate. For if they're facing change. the same I, conditions that I we are, then we'll we'll find out where that, each other's electricity you know, is being must, generated pretty must, soon. Uh, you know, make way because it's just and it's going to be a lot. Look, I think all things are leading to the same place, and maybe that's a quasi-religious belief at this point. But like. Every we time I try to look at the situation that we're in, you know, it's hard for me to come to a different outcome. Different, I just think it's it's, it's know, so I, I wouldn't despair. And, and I, I put the ContraPoints video in the chat. I know someone said in the chat that uh, J.K. Rowling's not a transphobe. <laughs> at this point, uh, I, I just watched that video. It's not just even like a takedown <laughs> video or anything like that. Man. It's the, the evidence at this point. If I was in court and on a jury you put enough of this evidence in front of me uh, at this point, it's, 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 it's unquestionable to me that that is what she is. And look, she, she reminds me now of Anita Bryant. Uh, and look, we could argue it, but you would lose. I'm just going to say no offense, but we could just pull up the tweets. Oh God. And plus I have to get, I have to go <laughs> at some point. So, um, but Rudy, uh, any any parting words?
Yeah. 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 Peace, dude. Thanks for calling in. Always a pleasure. Peter, uh, what's going on, Peter? Uh, how are you? Yeah, good evening. Please do. Yes, please. Um, no, you, you, you're right. I mean, we got to be optimistic because if you're pessimistic, you know, shit doesn't work. But at the same time, Chris Hedges is sort of right. We got to be also realistic. So, fuck, you know, we'll figure this out another day, I guess. Peace, man. Good, good. Good evening, Bide. Yes, uh, first I want to ask uh, for your permission uh, for me to be a devil's advocate. Yeah. Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> so I want to explore that about yeah, this yeah. child labor situation. Also, we could, uh, Peter, we can put him in a concentration camp. Of course, camp. Uh, I understand the, the child fit, labor nice and the fit. potential <laughs> risk associated with the children okay. being harmed while working, doing hard labors and all that. And uh, but at the same time, I have observed some serious issues in this country that may be alleviated if we allow children to do work. Now, I'm not going to talk about this uh, Iowa law, whatever. You know, there is something else that I'm just not familiar with. But I, I see a few things. First, the American children are overwhelmingly obese. Maybe doing some physical work after school, maybe good for them. There's more, okay? There's more. Second. Yeah, but why, Second. But why would they need to learn that at No, 13, no, 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 no. Compared to 18 and to miss out no, there's on, more, there's on more. their education. They are, they are on social media quite busy. a bit, right? Maybe there should be a trade-off between the parents and children. Say, okay, if you do some physical work, you know, get some money, and then you can play more social media. So this is the second thing. Third, guess what? Not all children are genius or deserve a trophy. Some of them just not as smart. Sure. Maybe college is not their thing. If we force them to take college loans, even though they are really not that fit to be enrolled in a college, maybe started doing washing some truck and later on learn how to drive a truck is the way to go. Instead of, mm -hmm. well, just, well, they, they, yeah, basically, because uh, I know in back in China, some students will not go to the high school because they decided, their parents decided by their national, uh, by, uh, by, the, by their scores that, that they want to go to a vocational school after the middle school and uh, in germany that's also a practice meaning not all the kids go to colleges they actually will be more to you know geared towards uh, taking a vocational school being like a fixing bmws they can make six figure incomes make fifth uh, fixing bmws so so again i'm not trying to say 
uh, there's no sweatshop or there's no uh, meatpacking places where children, in my opinion, probably should not be working there. But I'm proposing some things that, well, because of yeah, crazy, this actually is a crazy idea because uh, there is a, this is a, there is a lawyer who is a crazy lawyer who litigated for mandatory registration for women in this country for military services. Because right now it's only men are required age 18 to 26. You're, you're a male, you're required to register with the federal so, government that you're eligible for draft. Women so is I, not. So this will, uh, this why, lawyer is a little bit crazy. Uh, and he, he become a, a, you know, children should be a murderer and he committed suicide, but he had a manifesto. Like his I, manifesto explained that because there are so many he wants women be to be drafted instead, right? like, so that U.S. will not ca have so many wars overseas. Physical education. That's a very like, strange if, if idea. If we want to prioritize uh, the health of the children. Right? But it's like, it's like doing the opposite, hoping you know the intended outcome will show up. But right now, I'm being a devil's advocate. Uh, Kids are actually very obese. It's actually called a national security threat because uh, the so armies, the you know, navies, the air force cannot recruit them working in uh, a, physically fit uh, a factory individuals. where they're using and, chemicals uh, and maybe some physical work is good. Is actually good for that, and and so yeah because yeah. So, so what I'm saying, Peter, is that like it's it's not that what I'm not what I'm arguing here is not that there aren't any potential benefits to kids actually uh, having like let's say they were doing some kind of mm -hmm. farm work and they're mm -hmm. running around being a little more active and they were obese and now they're not going to be as obese because they're working in this farm. I'm not claiming that there are zero benefits. I'm saying why like. The, I'm saying two things. One, the people who are rolling back these child labor laws are not doing it mm -hmm. to benefit the children. They're doing it to benefit the employers, which is very clear. No, that definitely not that's that that Yes, I, I agree. And then two, because of, to the extent mm -hmm. that there are other ways, that, like you said, to benefit kids need a lot more sleep. I agree. Aren't I mean, there more for, for beneficial, mm -hmm. better ways to get the kinds of benefits we're looking for out of our children, other than forcing them into the workforce or potentially putting them into the workforce. Yes, there's a huge list uh, right. for them. Yes, yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, mm -hmm. well, in my real experience is this. I uh, oh, actually, before, before I forgot, I actually believe that's a it's a typical Asian parents trick. They actually do want to send out their kids to do physical labors outside their house, earn some money. When they come back, they will say, okay, mom, I'm very tired. And then the mom will say, you either study very hard 
a school to be a lawyer to a to a doc to be a doctor to be a lawyer like bite or you grow up to do a physical work you have a choice the asian parents parents will do that to motivate their kids say okay you can make a choice you can study hard to get you know to achieve educationally so that you have have a better life right so by all means i think mixing some of the physical physically demanding work i don't think see that as a truly a bad thing and the uh, second is uh, uh, what i want to bring up is this i in my real employment history i worked for a subprime loan student loan company 18% apr majority of the borrowers are african americans for these kids their parents and themselves had decided after graduating from high school they are not going to college they will borrow $6000 from this company so subprime loan very high interest rate like credit card uh, versus something that you're describing they will okay. get a the commercial driver's license here, after paying six thousand dollars and then the, the school will help them to place them to be truck drivers to make 45 to uh, like fifty five thousand a year any damage and i find out to be appropriate because guess what not all, i mean here, i'm not trying to say trying certain to, race uh, shouldn't go to college i'm just saying some kids they some parents they have to make you a wise uh, decision. The laws that we're seeing and, uh, here and probably they should send their kids at fourteen or fifteen go wash your truck. Not they can make some money and learn how to how they drive the truck. And maybe one day will send you to a trucking school. Create, uh, and because uh, uh, we don't see you to be, you know, you know go uh, to some four-year college for degree program. In the future, they're to meet labor demands now. They're to uh, use the labor of kids now to. Uh, avoid having to pay other people higher wages because it's a tight labor market. But this, what's being sold as what's being done is the kind of thing you're describing. But that's not what's being done. Like, look, I, I, of course, there are going to be people who not everyone is going to go or needs to go or should go to become a PhD or whatever. Like, not everything has to be academia. Frankly, there's a, a lot of that shit, but maybe that's just because I'm surrounded by fucking academics mm -hmm. every goddamn day that, you know, yeah, I know. Right. Oh yeah. Oh boy. They're a hoot. Let me tell you, we, uh, we have a great time. Um, but it, it, not everyone has to go that route, but what, uh, what is being pitched is very different than what the reality of the situation would be or what the reality of the situation mm -hmm. is. And, if there were job training programs for people who are 14, 15, who are going to learn some kind of craft, who it would replace the school work day, and they would, uh, I mean, the school day, and they would have that, they would get paid while also, uh, you know, like uh, being trained for something that's actually going to be a, a profession that they're going to be able to do for the rest of their lives. That would be one thing. But that's not what we're seeing. <laughs> <Lucky you. laughs> so that's that's and and look, I'm 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 well aware that there is space for those things to exist here. My problem here is that these are kids who are still going to be going to school for seven hours a day or eight hours a day or however long it mm -hmm. is now. I, I I forget who also need to participate or would like to maybe participate in extracurricular activities 
who would want to participate in their social circles, who have homework, who have all of these things, and now they're working on top of it. And they're working on top of it under the illusion or this this false narrative that it's better for their development. But the people who want them to work have no fucking interest in their development. We do not have long-term plans in this country. We do not Mm -hmm. because the system is short-term gain of 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 profit and that's the problem i mean look china's probably got a much better setup when it comes to stuff like this than we do like i don't think that's an accident yeah right right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I I I I believe that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you drank just the correct amount, and mm-hmm. I always appreciate your insights. So uh, keep keep that grapefruit juice and rum going, brother. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> All right, Peter. Always a pleasure. Okay. Yes, I agree. <laughs> this is what we got my devil's advocates because I see Rachel. things two, done, two, two you know, things in an alternative hey, way, and it's on? quite effective. Um, one, so, uh, while in the U.S., you, you do have a lot do, of people. We do have a lot of people owing a lot of uh, student debt, which, in my opinion, if they got tricked me, into college education. I'm a and, lawyer. Uh, I'm a lawyer, so um, I litigate, right? Uh, so no, I, I totally hear your, uh, your, cool. your points and your concern, uh, too. Uh, I just want litigation. to, you know, just so I, probably I drank too much uh, so alcohol. So <laughs> just to play a little devil's um, advocate here. So. You know, I, I feel like every day of my life oh, is, is practicing now at this point. Um, <laughs> okay. I, uh, it, it, it's got Thank its you, perks. Sir. It's Thank got you. its mm. I'm, I, I'm very tired. I, Thank you. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Hi. Yeah. What's your actual job? What's your actual job? My brother's a lawyer. Yeah. What kind of law? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're just practicing right now. Yeah, no one, no one, no one. uh, uh, That's not what I would argue. That's not what I would. I mean, I would never argue against that. I know my girl is going to call me any minute. I don't want to grill you. No, 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 no. She's retweeted. No, she's retweeted. Of course, her dissertation is this or that. I don't care what a bigot says when they're saying it, right? I care what they actually do. And the people that she's been retweeting, the people that she's been associating with, have called for the... the, Well, hold on, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. She's speaking from the point. She's not saying that trans women should not have rights I thought we were going to have a discussion about this, Rachel. Well, why don't you give me who you've represented? All she is saying is that women deserve their spaces. And that means... 
Women deserve their protected spaces when they're in prison and when they're running from abuse. That's about what? What are you talking about? This is not. Listen, are we going to have an actual discussion about this? Or are you just going to yell to bring up a tweet? Okay, everything. And so if you've if you've written. okay, I haven't said anything yet. No. I literally haven't said anything you, yet, okay, Rachel. Like I, you've been honey, talking. I could, if you okay, if you want, if you want to pull up people. Now, what I was going to say before we even got into all of this. Okay, number then, one. Um, th- that she's that she's is, okay. How many? How would, many? How many? I was going to suggest we do it for another time. For? Because In you your have no, your who, shit who to do. You, no, please. I have me. my shit who to have do. You, who have you? Who have you brought? But I'm telling you, please give me everyone you represent right now as a lawyer of what I'm going to say here is i have no one i'm a nobody uh, i have oh nothing God. but myself what? to represent that's the problem is you're out here it's not just her retweets and you're no a for lawyer. god's sake rachel no no, no homie rachel you're comparing you're compa- okay. okay is that the entirety of everything i was going please, to say God. or do you know you're comparing because you haven't been letting retweets. me speak i want to know rachel who you protected rachel. in the court of law okay go ahead Go ahead. Mm-hmm. How about this? We start from here. What do you think would be transphobia? No, let's go from what What do we you could, think please, constitutes transphobia? Maybe if we get an actual definition around this first, then we can see if the evidence actually meets it or not. So what would be transphobic to you? Do you think you brought it's, up, yeah, you brought yeah, up yeah. J.K. Rowling's retweets? The pe- people she's retweeted, correct? That's what you first started to say. That's what you first started to say. Am I right or am I not? Okay. No, that's not, but that's where we started, and that's where okay. we're going to go from here. Where, where so would somebody go? then, in that take example, me from the point where would you somebody said she's retweeted who supported who transphobic movements? Let's go from there. People. Uh, I can defend uh, that. Let's um, go. I can defend associations, that. initiatives. No, I can totally that denied that. Go trans there. people their right to medical treatment. Would that be transphobic, or consistent with trans? Or would that be consistent with trans? Why does it matter where that happens, Rachel? Like, would that okay. would that kind of behavior be transphobic me, or not? Depriving someone of their natural born rights to see medical here we intervention. Go. Based on your own definition, based on your own definition, Rachel, you see, here we go. Here we go already, because you know where this is going to go. You know where this is going to go. Someone who is trans. My name's not gender. My name is Bide. So let's go from there. That's my name. Yeah. Because we know that J.K. Rowling has advocated for exactly this, for this kind of denial of services. So based on your own definition that you gave before. The ones you just said, medical treatment, medical treatment, care, care. No, no, no. No, no, no. See, you're going to keep trying to move the ball here, Rachel. Rachel. Well, because we're talking about J.K. Rowling first and foremost. Because you probably obsess over this shit and then try to debate people over. I don't know what traumas or whatever you have. Oh, we can talk. Who about are these guys? Who about, are these guys? Children. Let's do it. Rachel, what are you talking about? Let's do it. Based on the conversation we're just having, okay. based on the definition. Where's it going to go? Rachel, where, where's it? Where's, where's it going to go? Rachel, what are oh, you I'm, talking I'm sorry, about? Have the conversation. The I'm having by. it with you right now. And you just keep yelling. We're okay. We, we have to make some ground rules. Okay. We really do. For, because 
with with all Denial due respect, of what services? you're kind of just you blasting me, can off. Can you tell me what transgender? Can you tell and me you're what not hearing? I mean, I mean, are? if we go back and we play this back, what is that? What does that entail? You're talking over what, me every no, time what I'm talking. Entail, really? Because right? I know Let's, what it how about entails. this? We treat it. We treat it I like it's a courtroom. I know exactly what it entails. What is it? One of us speaks, the other one responds. We don't talk over each other. If you if you have a point, if yeah, that's well, always your guys' we, we excuses. You obsess what is over transphobia. it. Oh my god, you obsess over well, it. Well, how did we get there, Rachel? Rachel, you're already talking over me again here. Anybody, right? anybody who doesn't want to no, have that's, the conversation. No, that's what's happening. You, you can't have an actual conversation, conversation about this about stuff. About transgender if, ideology. As soon as someone starts talking, like you're doing it again. You're doing it again. Okay, okay go. I would like please. to talk about me, you letting please. me finish okay. a, a then what, sentence what, first. Let's go. Okay. Okay. And I'll let you okay. finish the sentence. Going forward, if you have a point you'd like to make, and I have a point okay. I'd like to make in response, we can write it down and come back to it. Uh, no. Okay. We'll slow. We'll slow down. We're cool. No. 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 We're, we, I. I want to step back too. So we were talking about the definition. The definition of transphobia. Okay. What you would expect to be can we, transphobia? Can we, you gave me a list of things. What are we talking about? Among first? those can things set, was denying people a, access to. I know, and we uh, went way care, off of that. So let's bring it back. Healthcare services, housing. Oh my god! Yeah. It, uh. Okay, please let me let let let. Okay, please tell me tell me what you want to talk about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you advocate, okay, for groups or people or initiatives which would want to deny those services mm-hmm. to trans people would that be consistent with transphobic behavior okay. yeah Everything that's already listed under the the basic rights of any protected class of people, I would say, should be. So Rachel, Rachel asked basically like a yes or no question. To give them to a person, a yes or no question. Now, I, I, I promise. Individual. Hold on, Rachel. I. Okay, no, I'm not. Why? Hold on. You won't know. You don't know me. With all due respect, you don't know where the conversation is going to go with me. I understand See, you probably interact with people. Sounds like you've I had some bad interactions with other people, or some. Within a lot of this sounds very online. If I'm like from my standpoint, I'm not trying to, to judge or anything, or, or be a dick or anything like that. Out. I'm really not. Not to I'm not going to call you a turf. I'm not going to call you a transphobe. My my but goal here has nothing to do with attacking blockers, your character. Which I literally could give a fuck. To be to be perfectly honest, all yeah. I'm trying to do yes. Go ahead. is figure out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I just figure out what no, you I think transphobia I'm a is. I am here. a turf. Yeah. Because so can we take part of this, uh, and I, I'll, I'll do something. This is called. I'm going to make an offer of proof here. So can I think that when it comes to these conversations, a lot of times. When we talk about what transphobia is, when we talk about uh, someone's transphobic or not, people are operating from a space to where they they just disagree that something is transphobic or not. And at a certain point, uh, people are going to disagree on that. 
No, I totally understand. Right? And but it, and it, well, I what, mean, which I'm is why I want to figure way. out what you think is transphobic, what would be a transphobic action, and whether or not, if we can agree on that, then whether or not what J.K. Rowling has advocated for, what she's represented, what she's promoted, what she said, falls within that category. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, but well, Rachel, Rachel, it's not one tweet at all, but it's a pattern in practice, right? Now, if I, if I, uh, let's say Hitler was still alive or whatever, maybe we don't use Hitler because that's, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. This is, it's not, no, 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 no. It's just an example. Okay. What I'm trying to get to is, let's say, okay. What you think JK, give me what you think JK Rowling has said. I'm not, just And and I'm not talking about something that she's retweeted or Let's say General Buck naked. Okay. Let's go with General Buck naked. Go with anyone who's a bad figure. Who would you like to choose, Rachel? We don't necessarily. Hold on. Who do you think would be a detestable? Who do you think would be a detestable person, Rachel? seen the same with all the Rachel, time. Rachel, Rachel, so, I'm not conflating. You it? don't what even know what I'm going to say here. She said. What is the one no. tweet that you said? No, I did not. I did not want to fucking compare it? it to Hitler. Rachel, maybe if you let me say then what? what I was actually going to say, you'd be able to tell what I was going to say. I'm not on fucking Twitter. I'm not uh, I'm not one of these no, people we've talked to before. So please, doing, no, for the love doing, of God, no, you no, asked me to have this that. conversation. I, you no, literally Abby, volunteered your motherfucking self to come up here and have this Hitler. conversation. No. And now you're unable no. to handle no. it. That's for God's no. sake. If you want I to stop. have the conversation, that's... have the conversation. Ridiculous. Okay. No, you know what? Well, then. And honestly, let's remember at this the rules. Point, at this point, my girl has gone off. Let's of remember. Work and she's called me twice. One person talks, like, the other person talks. I can't believe that, that, Again, that's the, that's you the can shit write why it people down. can't take the trans conversation. If you with something I'm saying or an analogy, it. but since to the point you don't want to talk about, I was just, just going to make did. an analogy. You, you it has nothing to, to really actually do with Hitler. You Please just pick. Did. Oh my God! Who do you think is like a really detestable person or someone that you don't like, or like something that you don't like? It could be anything. I'm literally not even on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. I don't have any social media. Happy birthday to her. All right, well. Oh, my God. No, you're not going to do that to me. No. Oh, let's go. Then what? Then what? Go. Okay, well. Okay, well. Yeah, well, I I suggested that in the beginning. <laughs> I said we don't need to do this now. We could do it at a different time. I that's literally the first thing I said. Um, Honestly, but I appreciate that. Yeah. 
Honestly, this is this has gotten huh, so not sure what to make of to that. Me, uh, to, that to be honest, I, I, and Brady, I'm, 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 I'm going to bed, time. man. It's um, my it's my partner's birthday. Uh, She's about to it's, come it's, home. It's, like it's too late. I'm, I'm not I, doing this anymore. I still have work anymore. to do. My I will dad look out called. For you, I have to call him. Just so we're clear here, too. I I do want to say something about. Of just the, 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 the tonight, whatever this is. I, I really did have a good time. How I've seen a lot of these this, conversations, so. especially about like I'm out online discourse about I really do appreciate trans it, people go it's, down. It's literally that is, my girl's coming home and I don't generally to speaking, and maybe if you want to like debate me about it in the future or talk to me about it in the future, it comes down to this. I I believe if you have a pattern in practice at a certain point of amplifying certain messages intentionally, no one's forcing you to do it of constantly backing certain types of, 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 of people, of initiatives, then the words out of your mouth don't mean as much as what, you, what you're doing and who you choose to associate with. I do think that matters. Um, and J.K. Rowling has a pattern and practice of, of retweeting, uh, backing up, appearing with, uh, associating with these same groups. And have, if a, at a certain point you're constantly hanging out with those people, amplifying those messages, it's hard for me to think that you have, uh, especially when you're not engaging with other people, right? Yeah, exactly. Big mouth baby mom. If it smells like one, but looks like one, mm, it's not a good look. But I would encourage people to watch that ContraPoints video. I think I think she makes a lot of really good points. Um, and uh, yeah, I see why people stick on this issue to uh, try to divide people. Also, I'm not a big fan of just like, like, don't just fucking let people exist, dude. You know, I don't know. I don't know. That's 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 all we got time for today, folks. It's been three hours, and this is supposed to be about child labor. So, oh, <laughs> uh, child! Everything goes back to the trans debate. Maybe that's maybe that's the end of the world. Is like we debate the fucking existence of other people, and then we just die while some capitalist Ebenezer Scrooge puppet fucks us. Maybe that's how it ends. Is we're we're talking about fucking bathrooms, and the and, and meanwhile, Ebenezer Screws puppet just destroys all of us. Um, but that's it. It's good to be back. Uh, thank you all for taking the time to listen, come out, uh, share your thoughts and and your time. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, I'll see you next week on the Fred Hampton Inn Suites. If not, the next next week. And uh, stupid cat, thanks for letting me know about the uh, the Uhuru group too uh i'm gonna look into that see if uh look if people are being arrested for spreading or indicted for spreading uh russian disinformation or a russian campaign that influence local politics like i don't know what the fuck that is but that sounds pretty fascist uh i'm not a fan so i'll look into that maybe we'll do a show on it uh but y'all take a nap uh Y'all just saw me lose my first debate. <laughs> Man, I got fucked in that debate. Did you hear? <laughs>
Yeah, and I, I I'm I'm being tongue in cheek. Uh, that yeah, that wasn't honestly that wasn't even much of a debate. It was just kind of yikes. Uh, and you know people have strong feelings, but uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll talk to y'all. Yeah, it was an, an encounter. I'll talk to y'all uh, hopefully next week. I'll see you around, Colin. Uh, I want to leave you one more time with again what the show was about. And uh, don't uh, look, don't let these motherfuckers get away with this, okay? Don't let them get away with it. And if they're going to have any kind of child labor, there needs to be real, actual training. And all, I mean, like, it has to be more along the lines of what Peter is talking about or what he's envisioning instead of what we're getting, which is bullshit. And why do we care? Why do we care about these kids? Well, I'll leave you with a message from an old friend.
be good. The greatest love of all is inside of me, inside of you. See y'all next week.